Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Here is a fun little interview I did about a month ago. Scott Alden of Board Game Geek contacted me to find out if I would be able to do any content for the first potentially annual virtual gaming convention, which was a special event that was a team-up between Board Game Geek and Dice Tower. And it was basically a way for people around the world to get together and play lots of board games online, virtually. And while I didn't really have the time to actually play games online, I said, well, you know, I'd be happy to get on one evening and do something if you show up and do it with me. And he said, okay, let's do it this day. And you just show up and I'll take care of the rest. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And when I showed up, he basically walked me through a two-hour interview. And I got to say, it was one of the most fun interviews I have ever done. Aldi, I think... He kind of missed his calling being uh, the successful runner of the biggest board game website in the world. He could have been a really great, um, you know, get to know me, dig deep, uh, find out who a person really is interviewer type, because that is what he did. We talked a lot about gaming and a lot about the show, but also a lot about me and my background as well. And wherever possible, I took a little bit of time to talk to him about his background also. So it was a great time. And in case you haven't seen it, it's available on Twitch and on YouTube. There'll be a link for the YouTube video down in the show notes if you'd like to see us talking. But in case you've missed it so far, you can listen to it now. And so let me get out of the way and throw over to Aldi. Let's go. This is Aldi for Board Game Geek. I may or may not have Rado. <laughs> I made a mistake when I scheduled with him versus with time zone problems. So we'll see soon if uh, if he can make it. If not, I'll sit here for like 15 minutes and tell everybody that I'll probably do it later tonight. Uh, we'll see if he can make it. He so told me to hold on. So who knows? We'll see. Hopefully everybody's having a good day. I had a very busy day with the, with virtual game convention. I um, got to play Reavers of Midcard with Lance and Steph and Chris Cluey from the Minis- or ex-Minnesota Vikings player. Um, and it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I think I'm getting messages here. Let's see what happens. Yes, what happened? Aha! He made it. Hey, I'm so sorry. Hey, where I live. Where do you live? I don't live in the middle of the country. I, <laughs> I know. That was totally my fault. We're live, by the way. Are you oh, okay? Yes. Are you okay Hi, with everybody. it? We can postpone if you're. No, 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 no. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. It's we so were, crazy. My mom and I were going to watch Cowboys and Aliens tonight because she's been talking about it forever. Oh. That but movie? I have to admit, I with Harrison Ford. Really jonesing for it. Oh well, there you go. I got you out of it. Exactly. <laughs> I really apologize. I um, I'm normally very cognizant of um time zones because of the way the internet works. Like normally, I'm just like I always put time zone in, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's my that's my normal um, mo. Yeah. 
Um, but I didn't, I just said, Hey, are you okay? 10 PM. And I was like thinking 10 PM my time, but yep. obviously that's not the same as yours. Well, I mean, Hey, you know, it takes two to tango. I didn't confirm. So exactly. Yep. Apologies. So yes. we are live by the way. Yes. Uh, I just Twitch. confirmed. I just went to board game geek live and look at that. Here we Main are. Stage. Hey everybody. No, it's been um, it's been pretty crazy today. I probably did a little too much than I should have, but um, oh yeah, it's it's all good. It's like typical convention stuff. So I, I mean, like, so it's this like, virtual convention is no different in that regard. Than I you're don't think killing so. yourself in the name of fun. Killing myself in the name of fun. We um, I started out today with Lance uh, playing Reavers of Midgard with Lance, Steph, and Chris Cluey. Yeah, and that took like pretty long. That was like three and a half hours. Because, you know, oh, I bet virtual board gaming takes probably like a little like maybe t- I would say 25 percent longer just because of the the nature of moving things on the board. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, how, so, how long? How, I mean, does it get faster? It did. I mean, with, once with I understand, has it gotten it faster for you yet or for Steph? They're fa- they're fast. I'm slow because I don't oh, do so a whole, you were dragging it. All I was. Yeah. And I didn't know the game. They knew it. I could tell there was points in the game where they were like waiting for me to take my turn. I'm like, oh, I, I need, but feeling. I, but it, and it's one of those games. Do you play the Reavers of Midgard yet? No, um, I do have a copy of it. I'm, I'm hoping to cover it next month. I quit. Um, I, quit actually, I, it. I pushed it away for so long because Champions just did not land with us. Okay. And I had no idea that this was pretty much just a total redo. It is, yeah. Right? It is. Yes. Okay. Good. It's. it's yeah, I, I don't think there. it's. I don't think it's anything it's like it's. It's other games. I don't think it's anything like those games. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm, I should sit like this and turn my back to you. Or we, do we have our backs back to each other? I wonder. Can I rearrange yep. my windows? Here, let me. Um. Through, through let me, the power let me, of Zoom. Anything. Here's, here's the thing. I am like literally last. I just started up, and I'm. I from ran from my previous event. I screwed something up with this. I'm off. I'm. I'm really off for this stuff. Um, normally I would be mm-hmm. ready to go, but, um, I didn't have it scheduled on the BGG. I went too long with the video, with a uh, game night, but we were playing some games. So it was having fun. We played, yeah. uh, we played the Scooby-Doo game, which I really, really like. Really? Oh, that's, uh, is, that's the, uh, the escape room, the Scooby-Doo game, the escape from haunted mansion. Yeah. Where really. did I hear that it was a little too simplistic? Is that wrong? That it's, it's much more like. <sighs> kid or not kid but you know like family focus yeah it's a little on the family side but i really like that i mean i i wasn't there was a point a couple points where we were like beating our heads around and it definitely took all five of us or six of us to get it going okay so you actually come to think of it i was i was starting to say oh is that a bad thing but the more escape rooms i play the more i realize they're not for me because my brain is not wired for it and the ones that people that's a one star oh thank you yeah 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 yeah. No more three stars. Yeah. No, it I mean I felt I had that giddy feeling, you know, you get sometimes with um do you get that feeling when you do like um open the envelope kind of games and like open the next secret and kind of see what's coming? Do you do you have that feeling? Like I'm like, oh the excitement. I, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, when it was fresh and new and exciting, I mean, certainly pandemic legacy season one did that. Yeah. Obviously. And I think with every progressive game, it has become less of an impact. Not that it's not meaningful, but you know, it's 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 not it's certainly not a new thing for me anymore. Opening an envelope or a box or what have you. So a little more 
uh, whatever wrote i mean wrote yeah that's right i, I mean that's I, I i'm you can't judge me i play way too many games or i mean and i and i don't replay near enough games so right 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 yeah i mean i'm i'm a i'm a i'm definitely an odd duck um gator is that, Dave, how, you, is that how you is, got your nickname uh, no my okay. nickname i'll come back in a second but i saw yeah, gator yeah. dave asking this is shadow kingdoms of valeria which i just finished filming like two hours ago and i didn't put away um I have it? no idea when it's going to go on Kickstarter, but boy, I I think I'm going to get get some people pissed off in my final thoughts when I when people Ooh. see it. All right, no spoilers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the publisher feels about it. it okay. It's nothing to do with the game; it's to do with the meta narrative of, of Valeria Card Kingdoms, or starting with Card Kingdoms, leading all the way up to this. I, I think I will definitely have a different take than most people. I suspect. So that's a, that brings me to a, a, my first question. You ready for this? Is it a hard hitting question? This, this one's a little hard. This one's mean. I was promised hard hitting questions. Ha- I, I gotta. I, I honestly, I don't have that many hard questions. Darn. I don't even know if I would call them hard. But this is an, actually an interesting question. All right. So this is it. Shadows of Valeria. Card. This Kingdom? is Shadows of Valeria. Yeah. Or what's the? Or, oh, I'm sorry. No. Uh, Shadow Kingdom of Valeria. Shadow Kingdom of Valeria. Okay. So yeah. this is a Kickstarter preview. Yes, it is. And you charge money for this from yes, the publisher. I do. It's a paid preview. I'm a big shill. Uh, no judgments here, All but right. here's the question. Okay. If the publisher doesn't like the outcome of this, do you not publish it? Oh yeah. I'll be telling um, That is correct. Uh, I finished the video. Well, first of all, okay, here's my whole process for that. They contact me. I say, eh, if I don't dismiss it out of hand, because why are you talking to me about a party game or whatever? Right, right, this, right. That is not my show. By the way, I should say, I'm actually looking at you. Yeah, uh, it may look like I'm trying to avoid eye contact. No, no, I, I get, I get zoom. I know, I know, and I'm there. looking at you on my screen, which is making my cam- my camera is also right here. So yeah, I okay. I think All people right. understand that these days. Like we're not. This is not it's the a same fair room. point. It's a fair yeah. point. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I see so many. I mean, so many people are using their laptops, and that's just not the setup I have. I didn't want to think there was any kind of animosity or oh, we can't make eye contact. <laughs> are we back to back? I don't know. I wish I could reverse it in Twitch. We are back to back, by the way. We are. I'm facing away cool. from. We're facing away from each other, by the way, slightly. Yep. Yep. We're both not just looking deal. in this direction. You can, there's something you know what over there. You could mirror your Twitch video, or sorry, your Zoom video, if you wanted to. Oh, really? Wanted, so that yeah. I'm looking away from you the same way you're looking away from me? Well, we're, we'd be more looking at each other if you mirrored your video. If you, if I, if, if we both mirror our video, we will be looking at each other. Uh, where Where is that option? So uh, uh, you see where this says stop video. Don't click that. Ah! Cl- click, click the little arrow next to it. Video settings? Yeah, it's in there. And All you right, can video. mirror your video. I'm doing it. I'm going to do I'm it. I'm doing mine too. This is exciting for people. I know this is good right. TV. Meetings, my video, touch up, mirror. My, I am mirrored. I'm going to unmirror. Okay. Did it work? I am now looking. My back is to you. Oh. Is that worse? <laughs> I don't know. I think it sends a message. <laughs> but clearly, actually, the, actually, uh, the schism of 2020. Oh, you know what? I don't. You know what? I don't. Because you've asked every media person under the sun, except for me, to come on board. Oh. Oh my gosh! Well, you got to come on board then if the if if it's a potential. No, I'm, I'm kidding. You have. I, mean, I for, for, You, you have thing. asked. We have talked about it. In the we past have talked and, about it. We have talked I'm, about it. I'm too lazy. I've I've we got have, my, I'm set in my ways. I've got my system. It just works. So we mirrored our video, but it didn't mirror on Twitch. So whatever we have as our defaults here is basically what's going out. Okay. I'm gonna switch over to Twitch and see. Yep, yep, yep. What I see is what I see. 
So, but, okay, I need to mirror myself. Well, that's so, but fine. here's the it's thing. In, like in my view, we're in my view, we're facing each other. On Twitch, we're facing away from each other, and I don't know how to fix that. If that is even possible. Well, honestly, I don't care about these other people. I just care about you. I do too. Right? I, I would love to work with you, Rado. Oh, if we what? can ever make it, if we can ever make it work, well, <laughs> we. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know why you ever got that that feeling because I, I. I, oh, no, I was totally joking. Totally my, joking. My sense, but here's my sense of you. Yes. You're a bit of a loner. Ah, yes. Very much but, so. We'll get into that. But here's, the, but, but you got to finish this question with the, uh, the yeah, yeah, oh, previous yeah. So, thing. They, you know, um, uh, Daily Magic contacts me yes. about this. Yes. You know, the, the first hurdle is, is it just obviously not for me? No. Second hurdle is send me the rules. They yeah. send me the rules. I read literally probably, uh, you know, somewhat less than 50 rule books every month. The vast majority for games I will never play because I have read so many rule books. Now I can tell from reading it. It's very, very rare that it is not immediately apparent to me what that game will feel like, what makes it special, whether it's worth my time, whether it's going to be, and more importantly, whether it's worth Jen's time, whether she will enjoy it. Cause the last thing I want to do is bore her because if I bore her enough times, she'll never come back to the table and then it's all over. So, um, you know, this past semester and, uh, and Jay and I play it and hopefully I like it almost without exception. There's always going to be some stuff that I don't like. And actually one of the reasons I like doing Kickstarters is because it's not too late. It's not too late to fix it. Right. Like, um, I, I covered, uh, what was it? Dark road, uh, merchants of the dark road. Um, yeah. I think it, I think it's Kickstarter is just ending or I forget it's 44 but hours left. We had real problems with that game. Um, you know, there, there were certain things that we identified. And when I talked to them, they said, yep, yep. We've known that we're, we're working on, we we've identified that as an issue. Of course, any Kickstarter game is still going through production with almost yeah. without exception. It's very rare. Um, and so I was able to give them feedback and I ended up, as, I, as you know, I, I'm a designer for 20 years and it is hard to get it out of my system so every once in a while i get a nice little back and forth and i say well have you considered this or that and they say no but boy we really like that other thing and i love it when a little bit of something of me makes it into the game and it fixes it for me and jen and i know if it fixes it for me and jen it's going to fix it for the lion's share of my audience because i do think i really kind of have the couples gaming um, market cornered because honestly because i was in the right place at the right time of course there's a lot of people covering that space now but i was just first through the door um but i will not deny sometimes we get the game and it it it, and it it is not what i thought i do make mistakes the most well-known example of that was myth yeah and so jen and i played myth we played it a lot and i spent a lot of time trying to get that game into my head and eventually i thought i had it and i contacted them and said look i'm going to film this this is what i'm going to say do you want me to continue? I think it will do you more harm than good. And you're nice people. I have no desire to hurt you. And this was before I accepted money. This was when I was Brand doing everything for free. Brand, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, more power to them. They said, no, we, you know, hit us with your best shot. And so I hit them with the best shot. And what I complained about, it became kind of the issue of the game and it it kind of in some small ways changed the board game media industry because i was the only one saying it and there was all kinds of crazy stuff other other shows weren't aware of the problems i had because they had actually been taught the game by the developers and there was all kinds of stuff so that's an example more recently six months ago there was a game that came in and i was very confident i mean it's like 
I'm reading this. I've seen these systems in other games. You can't really mess this up. And it looks real pretty. Okay, fine. Send it. And in that, and I'm not going to mention what that one was, but I was going to get paid a lot of money to cover it. And Jen and I played it and we're like, wow, this is so no. Um, you know, th- this is w- not what we hoped. There's a million, I don't know where to start for how I would try to fix this. And again, I contacted them and said, hey guys, I, you know, you have hired me for my services. I will go ahead. This is what I will say. And of course, what they'll often want to do is have a discussion. I'm perfectly happy. I've spent so many hours. I mean, there are so many um, uh, Kickstarter publishers who will confirm that they've gotten hours of effectively free consulting from me as I explain this and that and the other. And here's here's why this is never going to work as a two-player game. This is what you missed in scaling it and this and that and the other. And then I eventually say, well, okay, that's cool. I hope you can work on some of this stuff, but I understand you've got to move forward. Do you want me to film it? And they said, no. And I said, hmm. okay. Um, then all I need is 20 bucks so that I can take it down to the post office and I'll put it in the mail and send it wherever you want to go. And that's an example of, I walked away from Thousands a fair of amount hours. of money to yeah. do it, but because I, I, I you know, I, I don't want to do a bad job for anybody. And I feel that pressure all the more now. It was one thing when they weren't paying me. And so, you know, occasionally, you know, one would slip through, but uh, and, and I'd be a little bit, I mean, I've got a whole thread called niceguy.rado.com where I list, everybody says, oh, Rado never says boo about anything. I list hundreds of games that I have explained thoroughly and in great detail while, why Jen and I didn't like it, why it didn't stay on our shelves. And it's just anybody who just takes a random pick of five videos, says, oh, well, I just happen to get five things where he's positive. That's not a bug. It's a feature. I'm mostly positive because I walk away from the bad stuff. One, I don't let it through the door in the first place because if you do your due diligence, and I know, I understand, it's not people's jobs to do the kind of due diligence I do. And so, of course, it's much more expected. I mean, my first six months of being a board game geek, I found like two good games out of 20 um that jen and i actually liked and it was just an exercise in miss 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 maybe we shouldn't do this maybe this was a bad idea maybe we should so just go back scared to video you game. away yeah. yeah exactly because we started with pandemic and that was near flawless yeah, one of the best games and ever made yeah exactly yeah so that's kind of a should, that's a high bar, bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly and so then i'm like well okay let's try red october that's a cooperative game too and sure is oh this is <laughs> This is, it sure is. There you go. (laughs) I can't tell you how many hours I spent because this was when I was still working in the video game industry and I had a uh, almost three hour train ride to work and back. And that's if it didn't break down because of heavy snow or whatever. I spent hours on my laptop trying to make that game fun for us. And because I I felt I could do it and I, I couldn't. I mean that's a game that's a party game in Euro. It, it's a it's a party. Yeah, it's a party yeah, like ooh, look what happened. Five players, yeah, yeah. You might as well um so yeah, I mean we you know we just kept missing and missing, but it is definitely a skill. It is a muscle. The more you take the time to read the rule books, watch the videos, you can start getting really kind of a spidey sense. And yeah. that's why you can pretty much see 99% positive with critiques. I critique almost everything. I'm actually kind of proud of my critiques. I think I tend to go a little bit deeper than just was it fun or not. But because I was a designer and I have a language for it, but I don't know. I, I can't blame anybody for people who are just driving by 55 miles an hour. Of course, they don't know everything I do. They don't. They just see their window and they make their, uh, make their assumptions. But to yeah. answer your question, yes, I, I, I many, many times uh, publisher. I even remember the first game. I wonder, can I tell you the first game? It's been sure. years since I 
I gave that speech when I realized, oh, Cornish smugglers. Cornish smugglers. I don't know if Cornish I've ever played smugglers. that one. I, I barely remember. I, really I know the name. Liked but... Art. I liked the idea. And this was back when I was more, ah, you know, how, how, how bad could it be? Oh, yeah, we don't like this at all. And that was the first time I told them, look, guys, I'll film it. I will do my best to represent it accurately and in an upbeat manner. I will do my best to ensure the game puts its own best foot forward. Because all I'm trying to do is give a voice to the game, you know? Right. Um, and then in my final thoughts, I actually say, but uh, then I said, and this is what I'll say in my final thoughts. And this is why I'll say it's not for us. And, you know, they opted out. And, uh, and, and you know, and, and it was, I, I was surprised. I was terrified because I'd already felt like I'd kind of disappointed them and I'd let them down. But yeah. no, they were really cool about it and they really appreciated it. And yeah, so I've I'm, always been kind of a, a channel that publishers, I'm, I'm kind of a safe space um, you know, that if I say, okay. yes, send it to me, they know it's not going to blow up in their face because worst case scenario, I'll warn them, Hey, this is what I was going to say. Are you happy with that? Yeah. And sometimes they say no. And often they say yes. Good, hard question. I think that's a fair way to run things because I don't know. I know a lot of people demand 100% transparency and everything should be out in the open. And I need to be warned about these bad games potentially. Yeah. But I, but then I understand you, that. I am not hard-hitting journalist Mike Wallace. Yeah, I did not. Like, start we're talking about this. games here. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, I, I, I did not do this because I wanted to protect the little guy and and make sure that no one ever has a misstep. I had so many missteps, and honestly, you make mistakes and you grow from it. And and I don't know. You tell me, uh, Scott. Maybe things have changed. But when I started out ten years ago, if if we got a bad game, and I got plenty. I've got a whole top 10 about this where I talk about the first two, a couple of dozens um, games I played because I had to go back and look through all my old records and stuff like that. Um, shoot. I'm a scatterbrain. What was I just saying? Um, 10 years ago. Oh, we, oh, uh... Yeah. You, you, oh, yeah. So 10 years ago when I came across a bad one and Jen, I was like, oh, well, that's no pandemic. <laughs> or, or, yeah. or, you know, eventually I think our second big one we found was Agricola because um, it was like, oh, wow, okay, we've got two now. We're going to stick with this. Pandemic was good. Agricola was good. Less we said about these other things, the better. Um, but I was able to get rid of all those games. I was able to flip them. Yeah. Your, your site I'll- is an incredibly valuable tool. And I always kind of looked at it as, hey, you know what? There's no risk here at all. If I get this game and I pay full retail, which is what I did back at the time, and we don't like it, I will find somebody very quickly who um, will buy it off of me for, you know, I, I'll be out 15 bucks at the end of the day. And I just looked like at that as, oh, you know what? Sometimes you pay 15 bucks to go to the movies and it's not a very good movie. You know, you don't decry the heavens and say, no, why didn't someone warn me? You know, it was, it was the barrier to, you know, it was the, yeah. it was the ticket. It didn't work out. I moved on and hopefully the game found a home that where it would be loved because it wasn't going to be loved in ours. And, I, and that's still the case, right? I think so. Because I, um, there are several games I've come across on the um, world of Kickstarter that I've just hated. And then I go into the Kickstarter comments and I'm like, did the best thing ever. This is the, I go to the, you know, like there's, there's so much, um, what's the word? Diverse tastes. Yes. In the world of board games that I'm like, anything that I might not really enjoy, there's always somebody that would love it. And, uh, Ah, that's yeah. that's that's uh that's the world of board games i mean i've never found a game that's sort of universally hated i mean yeah there, yeah there, i mean there aren't any yeah. that i know of you know i mean when, when you're when you're talking about gateways and trying to bring new people in it's a very common attitude don't worry 
you know, th- there's a game for every player out yeah. there, guaranteed. Yeah. But equally important to remember, there's a player for every game. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much I hate it. There's going to be somebody out there who will find that game and it'll be their favorite game of all time. And I don't want to scare them away from it. I, I, I and really, you know, I, back when I was in a different state, when I was more of a normal, early prototypical game day geek, I just took my lumps. It didn't work out. And I moved on to the next game. It was easy. I guess maybe it's tougher now. Shipping is much more expensive than it used yeah. to be. That's that. I guess that's maybe a little no longer. Oh, $15 loss. Maybe it's like a $30 loss. And, and that's maybe a bit bigger. Yeah. Maybe I've lost touch. All successful reviewers like me, you have to remember me, Tom, Rodney, all of us, we or, or shut up and sit down. We have lost touch because we buy very few games. And, um, you know, it's one of the reasons people ask, well, why don't you actually talk about the value for money of this game? Because I got it for free and I got the previous 50 games on my shelf for free. How can I judge that? Never mind the fact that I don't know what money means to you or you or you or you. For you, $50 might be a, a reasonable experiment. For somebody else, it might be the difference between making their rent or not. Yeah. It's paying, it, uh, paying you know, for food. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I've always stayed away from it um, because I, I, you know, I, I will answer questions till I'm blue in the face. And that's probably the biggest mistake I ever made running my channel is this commitment to answer any question I see anywhere. I've broken that a few times, but I still try to do it, and it keeps me up at night. Yeah, I I subscribe to the other. (laughs) I don't answer every question I see. But that's the kind of personality I am. Yeah. Um, Honestly, ever since I started wearing this shirt, I'm having to switch. I'm having to subscribe to your newsletter as well. Um, And and it's not because I don't want to make – a lot of stuff for me is very personal and private. Like I've never talked to anybody about it. Right. Maybe. And Michelle and I are probably the only ones I've ever talked to about stuff like this, you know, very, very like private stuff for me. So. You say that now you have to drop a tidbit. You've got us all titillated. Let us in. I guess I'm not an argumentative person. Mm -hmm. I'm not a good defender of my own decisions. Oh, you're not so this, interested in debate. I'm not interested in debate. Like I have my opinions about stuff. If I debate, start debating, I will probably see your point, but I might not agree with it. And then you you go on for a lot, lot of, lot of, you know, hours or whatever. And and you know where I it mean, will end up. And me and my dad are like this, right? Because like I'm just like, eh, let's just not have this conversation. You know what I mean? Like I, those kinds of things, right? Yeah. I know I'll never win. I'll never sway him to my side, and I he'll know he'll never sway me to mine. And yeah. and that's why I sort of like, well, I don't want to bring this stuff up in public. Um. Here's an interesting question. Have you always been a public person? Like, are you always like your entire life? No? No, that gets to the question you asked before. The Here's the deal. Do not take this the wrong way. You're not talking to the real me right now. Yeah. Um, I know know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think we've talked about it. I think we've had this conversation before. Yeah. Yeah. In high school, I was a shy, quiet, introverted kid who always wore my hoodie walking around in the 80s with big old Walkman headphones, um, listening to Beatles that I got off of scratchy records from a local record store. And I would have gone my whole life, head down, eyes in a book, never making personal connections. I knew plenty of guys in the video game industry that were a template for the life that I was going to leave because I did not reach out. I, I, I wasn't driven. I was too paralyzed with fear and all of that. Um, but I did have a few friends 
and they knew I was a real sarcastic so-and-so and, you know, fairly quick-witted, but nobody ever saw that. There, this was in my junior year of high school. Robin, I can't think of his last name. I'm thinking it is Loxley, and it wasn't that. And he was like <laughs> the golden boy senior. You Very know, popular does guy. Yeah. And he was um, the directing the school play that year. And he had heard rumors about me that I was actually a really funny guy, the quiet kid who never said anything. Um, and he went to our school principal and said, Mr. Holmgren, I want this kid in my lead. Who? Richard Ham? The kid who's never missed a day of school, um, who, you know, who's never said boo to anybody. You want him in this big, ridiculous, outlandish role where he has to sing and dance and carry the whole play. Um, that's the kid. And he said, yep. And Robin, you're our golden child. Whatever you want, what you got. Want? <laughs> and I, for the first time in my entire life, got called to the principal's office for no reason. I had no idea why, because I was always a good kid. And Robin was in there and I said, okay, uh, Richard, this is what you're going to be doing for the next six months or three months or whatever it was. And I, and I was, I was too timid. And I said, okay. And so that was a play. I don't remember the play, right? It's called the vagabond. Yes. And I was the titular character, the vagabond, a mysterious person who comes in on a rain swept night on, you know, on a roadside uh, hotel and like, I don't know, uh, you know, 1800s, America or something like that. And nobody knows who he is. And he's a real goofy, odd guy. And there's mysteries about him. And, and there's lots of shooting and all that. And I, w- I had no choice. I was thrown into the deep end of the pool. And this character, which was just always quick-witted, making fun of everything, um, and just talking a mile a minute, um, after the play was over, and it was a big hit, and everybody, this is why Robin won, because he knew it would be a shock. Everybody knew I was the quiet kid who didn't say anything. By the way, I forgot to mention, I had insane, worst acne you can imagine. Total pizza face. Um, you know, in the worst, really egregious possible way. I mean, that so paralyzed me with social anxiety. Um, but there I was on stage doing just all this amazing outlandish stuff. And um, afterwards, the whole school continued to expect that from me. Because all of a sudden, oh, that's who he always was. He just... Put, put his hoodie down. And I just kept doing it. And it became a second skin. Uh, and I, and it's, 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 you know, this character that I learned how to play. I went to college for a little bit. I kept doing it. And then I realized about a few months in, oh, wait, I don't have to keep doing this anymore. I can stop. Nobody expects this from me here. But before I stopped, I sat down next to Jennifer Bump in German 102. And I gave her the razzmatazz tap dance um, you know, Mr. Life of the Party, Lorado persona, which I wouldn't know, name it for many, many years. And she said, oh, I like this guy. He's fun. And so she kind of worked her way into my life. And I'm like, okay, this is nice. Um, <laughs> and uh, eventually, and, and, you know, and, and we got married and we've been happily married now for, oh, I want to say 50 years, but that's wrong. I, I think over 30 years now. Um, but it's only if right. the timing had been a little bit off, if I had been in a different, um, German 102 class and I hadn't sat next to a cute girl who thought my shtick was funny, I probably would have stopped it. And I I'm sure you've worked with these guys in the video game industry as well. You know, they're, they're quiet, they're diligent. They, you know, everybody likes them and everybody feels a little sad because, you know, they just go home to their cat, you know? Yeah. I know a few of those. That would have been me. And that is still the real me at heart. Yeah. And it's funny. You hear this from performers all the time. Yeah. You know, it, it, and it's, I, I don't know what that sig- signifies, but it is definitely true in my case. Jen knows when I'm on and then, 
Okay, switches off. Oh. Back All right, now I can just be. I'm not calm. I am. I. I. I just have gigantic lungs, but I'm not a hundred percent like what I'm giving you right now. This. It's. It's. I do it without even thinking. I could do this all night long. So while I say it's not the true me, I guess that's not really true. There's a I mean, piece if nothing else, fake it till you make it. It's become me. It's become yeah. a part of me. But I guess human emotion and interactions is based on other humans, right? Yeah. Right. And that affects the way you act and treat other people. But if you're just by yourself all the time, then you, you don't need to do any of that stuff. So you kind of just mm-hmm. revert to whatever. And it's, just it's not easy. like I'm an outgoing person and I'm really exciting and I'm all fun by myself. Yeah. No one, with no one <laughs> yeah. around. Right. I mean, it's not, that's not who people are. I don't think. I, I bet a lot yeah. of people are like that. Interesting. That so question. I so went she, off the deep end. I don't remember what so the question she, was. She thought you were this group. Do you like being a public persona? Oh, because it sounds like you're not really internally, like deep down in your heart, you don't like to be that person. I, one of the issues I have with conventions and nobody who's ever met me at convention, please don't take this the wrong way. Or I'm sorry, anybody who's ever met me at convention, please don't take this the wrong way. Um, I would love, and in fact, I have tried to put on glasses and a baseball cap because that's a weird look nobody normally sees me in and see if I can get away with it Clark Kent style. Because I would love to just walk around anonymously. I really should become a cosplayer so I can just be in a Sonic the Hedgehog costume and no one will know. Um, Who's underneath that? And and that would be a more comfortable space for me. But I don't mind because here's the thing at odds with that, at odds with the fact that I am an insular, withdrawn person and I am happy to take the path of least resistance, which is just head in a book or whatever. And, you know, hello, nice to meet you. Oh, excuse me. Uh, can I get around? And that's about the extent of my interactions. But on the flip side, I mean, you were in the video game industry too. I would imagine yeah. you share this with me. The biggest thing that I take away from having made video games for 20 years that gives me joy, that makes me think it was all worth it, wasn't the money or the opportunities. Um, it was the fact that I know for a fact that I improved the lives of literally millions of people around the world. And, you know, I, I still hear about it today whenever I talk about Siphon Filter or Fable or Brink or, you know, or, or, or Pitfall of the Lost Expedition. Um, and that does warm my heart genuinely and makes me think, yeah, all that stuff I didn't want to do for all those years, all that time I spent away from my wife crunching and, you know, staying, sleeping on the floor four days in a row to hit a milestone it was worth it. Um, and it's also, that was one of the things I used to motivate myself at the time. This will be worth it because people will, this will make people happy. And, you know, what better can I do for the world than that? I mean, sure, there are a lot of things you can do, but that's how I internalized it. So that applies to Rotto Runs Through as well. And if anything, it's a smaller scale, obviously, because we're on a smaller stage here. But it is a much bigger impact because, in part, because of the moving on of technology. I mean, anybody wants to talk to me, they just can. Uh, nobody could talk to me when I was making Siphon Filter. The internet didn't exist. But, you know, now it's easy to reach out and touch somebody for good or bad. Um, and, you know, and I do see people and I hear stories of uh, folks. I mean, I, I've, had, I've had emails and geek mails that have literally made me and when I show it to Jen, both of us just cry because people talking about how, I mean, I remember one, um, a, a guy who was able to connect to his, his father 
because of a game I talked about that had allowed me to connect with my father. And, um, and, you know, and, and those things really stick with you. And, and, you know, and, and I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm rambling and I'm winding down. Well, here, and I'm waiting I'll, for a question I'll contrast you a little bit. I'll contrast you a okay. little bit with a sad story. Okay. The, sad, the sad version of the video game world. When you work on games that are not as popular as what you got to work on, yeah. I feel like I wasted my life. I sin was was but, a brilliant game, right? But it never got what you you've experienced. I mean, we've had yes. our, we had a fan. There was one point in time when I got groupied at E three, and that was great. Over like what? that for sin, okay, right? Oh, you worked on the sin, yeah, like that kind of feeling, like. Like you're the rock star game developer, like many people were at that time, like John yeah. Romero mm-hmm. and uh, Peter Molyneux and all those guys. Well, I was like, ooh, I got the fan came up to me and like knew my name because, you know, wow. I'm in the credits and everything. Right. So it was cool. Um, but not having that on a bigger scale, plus no money, plus never releasing one of my games I worked on for the longest really soured me on the video game industry. So we have we have polar opposites in that feeling. I feel like. Yeah. I wasted 10 years, but I did learn problem solving mm-hmm. because you know how video games are yeah. 5 million problem. You solve 5 million problems or a million problems or whatever it is. And then you have a game. We were, I was really good at that churning through problems after problem, after problem, after problem and solving them and solving them, solving and making game finally finish that. Yeah. That's the, the satisfaction of finishing a video game. There's nothing like it in the world. Yeah. From, from, yeah. So far for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. But when I decided to full-time board game geek, which I feel like has a more, has had a more impact on the world than the two, three video games I worked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, then that made like my problem solving and my stick to itness and all of that stuff worth it. Right. So it, it was sort of a crescendo. Like how did I, I always think like every decision you make in your life is going to get you somewhere. However it may be, yeah. but it, what decision led me to come back to Dallas? I could have stayed in Bay area for, the rest of my life, I was perfectly happy there. But mm-hmm. the allure of video game development brought me back to Dallas. Brought me back to Dallas. I met my wife. I met yeah, my first list. game group, my first game group, mm-hmm. board game group, probably would never have met in the Bay Area until it was like a big thing, right? It was like yeah. that niche little hobby that I got dug into and the Dallas group was here and they were doing it and they had all the games and the German connections and that sort of it t- changed my life that way. So, And what if half of that had happened? What if... You went from 3DFX, you know, doing hardcore hardware programming. Hardware programming, yeah. Yeah, and, and at that point, you stumbled across Catan. And at that point, you got pulled in. And at that point, I mean, I know your story, how you wanted yeah. more detail, and it was all gate-kept, and you're like, I'm going to open the floodgates. At board game is to be for everybody. I'm going to make it happen, you know, and all of that. Do you think... Had you tried to go down that road, you would have been able to have the stick to itness and the resourcefulness and all that, or is a big part of it because of the hard knocks you got from working, was it Ion Storm, 3D Realms, uh, ritual whichever ones it was? Yeah, Ritual Entertainment and 3D Realms. Oh, ritual, right, Ritual, yes. Yeah, but but 3D Realms really was the one that was the biggest beatdown. Oh, ritual, right, yeah. With Ritual, I shipped two games in three years. With I worked at 3D Realms for five years and made no games. Technically, <sighs> anyway, I, I don't want to talk about myself ever. <laughs> yeah, um, but I don't know. So, but without that video game, like you said, if I had stayed at 3D Effects and and stayed in hardware, that company went out of business. Yeah, two years after I left, 
thank you. No stock options there either, by the way. Oh, so, you know, sometimes you leave with like these nice stock options. You usually cash them in at every moment. That's my one tip to anybody in a startup. I don't know how many people will apply to these days. Exercise your options and sell them at every opportunity. <laughs> don't pretend that you're going to be 10 times much worse, worth 10 times worth more in the future. Yeah. They will not be, most yeah. likely. The odds are against you. The odds are way against session. you. They're way, I, and, and one of my friends told me that, and I'm like, oh, man, but we the only we got the best hardware. Yeah. Where's 3DFX? Where's NVIDIA? You know? Yep. So anyway, um, I didn't want to talk about myself much. Well, no, I, um, think, I think people so, want to talk um, about you. Pardon? You, let's not forget. Let's not mince words. You are personally responsible for all of this. Think about how many lives you have made better. Think about the mil- You know what your stats are. How many people come... How many, you know, the constant influx of new people who are coming in just because, well, I like this ticket to ride thing. What else is there? Maybe I should look. I mean, that was the goal. Maybe somebody else would have stepped up to fill the void. Would it have been successful? I don't know. You were a very unique conflux of skills and passions. And I don't think any of us would be here right now. I don't think I would be, I would probably still be in the video game industry right now because ultimately, like I said, I, pandemic was amazing. Hit it out of the park. And then failure, 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 failure. And it wasn't until I realized, oh, I can go to the BGG suggestion forum and just ask yeah. and stop guessing. I mean, I got, what, what was one of my fails? I got the Motley Fool um, yes. stock option game because my wife really liked the Motley, like the Motley Fool, Fool show. newsletter. It wasn't a podcast yet. It was a newsletter. Oh, yeah, it was a newsletter. Yeah. And I thought, oh, she'll like that. And no, we didn't like that. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I was just flailing around in the dark. So, yeah, you changed my life in a big way. Well, oh, thanks, Rada. Appreciate that. I um, Well, I went through it myself, right? Like, that was when back in, what, 1998, there was no nothing, right? I mean, virtually nothing. There was a lot, but it wasn't what you want, right? It was yeah. not exactly how I wanted it. Um, yeah, and I was just buying, I was just spending money, right? And it was like, ugh. you know, you just order stuff sight unseen from, yeah, everything from was Germany. Yeah, everything was a gamble. Yeah. yeah, it was just like, look at the, Adam Spielt had a color catalog though, and that made it a lot easier to spend the money. You're like, wow, that cover looks pretty cool. <laughs> Couldn't translate it because, you know, there's no Google Translate or nothing back then. We, we would piece oh it gosh. together with German. How did we do anything? I, how did we function day know. to day? Believe me, I wish I was 20 years younger now. With oh the my technologies. gosh, yeah. yeah. Huh. Do you remember? You used to, in Seattle, you used to, if you had a question, there was a hotline you could call to the public library. And a librarian would go look up the answer in an encyclopedia. <laughs> I did not know that existed. That existed That's in the it was. late 80s and mid 90s in Seattle. And I the info- used it. Information line. <laughs> wow. I didn't, well, yeah. I guess maybe if I had known that existed, I might have used it. But uh, so we sort of swung off course. Yes, but, um, sorry. We, we, we well, thank you, Richard. Really That's really I mean, bad. that means a lot to me. I mean, I don't want to take credit for stuff that who knows what would have happened in the world. But I'm happy to be in it right now, which is yeah. fun and it's exciting and it's like the most exciting thing I've ever done in my life. Right. So yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, your impact I think is literally legendary. And maybe you didn't get out of the video game industry, but like you said, it got you to here. Yeah. And, I, and I've had I'm a few. Sure every single person in this chat thread right now would agree. You know, that they owe you Hopefully. all because of Board Game Geek and what you created. You know, not alone, you and your team. I, I don't, I don't want to. Well, the world, the world has created it, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the world, the world had to be there, too. 
Yes. The people. Because um, it's not all. I mean, initially we did all of it, but that's an impossibility now, right? Because there's just too much. But uh, yeah. it was too much back then, too. Now it's way too much. Um, <laughs> I have these like really lame questions. <laughs> Let me ask you one. I'll, tr- I'll try to make them good. Do you think you're weird? Like, are you normal or weird? These are hard-hitting questions. These, <laughs> no one's ever asked me that. Um, am I, I, I think, you know, actually in my, uh, I do a monthly podcast and I, I divide it. The first half is game related questions because my entire podcast is just people ans- asking questions. Games, yeah, yeah. Questions, no, it's, it's a fantastic podcast, podcast, by the way, everybody, if you haven't listened to it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, the second half is when Jen comes on because I say, hey, ask us personal questions about our lives. Uh, I, I don't know why I needed all that preamble. One of the questions came, what, it was just completely floored me. And I just didn't know what to say. Um, it was, and, and this sounds self-serving. It's just, it's a recent example. You can go listen to the episode. Um, why are you such a wonderful person? And that was really weird. And if Jen hadn't been in the room to take that and she said, well, here's why I think he's wonderful. And, um, you know, because, because she knows my life story and, and she knows my parents and she knows my upbringing and she knows what all the weird stew meats that came together to form the, the, I think I'm very weird. I, okay. Uh, I, I don't know. You literally flummoxed me. I don't know what to say. That was the first thing. I don't know if that's the best one. Okay. Here's where I'm weird. And I'll try to keep it on topic. I am such a ridiculously extreme Care Bear. I mean, I know you fancy yourself a bit of a Care Bear as well. It depends on the game, but yeah. Yeah, um, no, it doesn't depend on the game. Yeah, for me, it depends on the game. Yeah, yeah, it is, I am incapable of deriving joy under any circumstances. And I've just gotten more taciturn and set in my ways as time has gone on from taking, from being able to knowingly take steps to um, invalidate or block or ruin your attempts to achieve your goals. And I know it's just a game. I know you would say, no, hit me, bro. I want you to hit me. I want the challenge. But if I'm doing that, all I'm thinking is, oh man, gosh, that's awful. I mean, I I, I cannot stop that internal dialogue. And I do think that's really weird. Um, I do think it's really reflective of my overall personality. I guess there's a tie into what I was saying before, because um, I'm, I am in, insanely empathetic. I spend so much of my time and I'll, I'll tell you, it drives my wife's nuts. Um, yeah. just trying to think of what's their perspective. What's it like? I mean, every time somebody cuts her off and uh, I, I guess I won't go blue. So I won't say what she really says on the freeway <laughs> when somebody cuts her off. And I, I've learned to stifle this urge to say, well, you know, Hey, they, they might be on the way to the hospital. You know, yes, they could just be careless jerks. Again, I'm trying to keep it clean. I normally go very blue, as you know, from our other show I, we do I, together. Yep. But I'm keeping it clean for virtual keep, con. For the virtual for the board and, game geek. Yep, yep, yep. For the board game geek audience. Uh this this is not Alaboom after dark. I didn't mark um, it mature. I did set this as an 18 plus show though. So Oh, did you? I did. Because you okay, can I'll, list I'll, that in I'll your in our We'll try I'll to try keep not it. to abuse. We'll try to yeah. We guys, <laughs> yeah, guys and gals, we both come from the video game industry. Oh, yeah. It's all blue. All the time. It's it's ridiculous how every other word. Yes, um, it's it's hard to break that habit sometimes. Um, but yeah, and this is a hard habit. It drives Jen nuts that I'm always. I mean, and it gets me into trouble too. I mean, you know, I uh, a couple months ago in April, I did that 
in a very sensitive topic on Twitter. And I ended up really offending and hurting a lot of people because I thought, look, I'm just going to be the neutral party. I'm going to stand here in the middle. I'm going to try and make sure everybody sees everybody's sides. And in doing that, I wasn't taking a side and I was causing more hurt than, and, you know, and, and, and it's something I have to learn to try and stifle because I don't know, I'm just, these, these are a lot of thoughts I'm having yeah. rolling around in my head. Right. So you're thinking, oh gosh, if I hit that castle and knock down that castle wall, they, what is that person going to feel in their head? And I want, don't want to feel that myself. Yeah. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Thank I'm, you for bringing it back I'm, to games. I'm I was similar. Dangerously I'm, close I'm similar. I'm similar in nature. I'm very in so the other person's head. So what is it about a certain game that will let you short circuit that? There are certain conflict games game? that don't. Um, something recently we played. Um, gosh, I wish I could remember now. Too many games. Too many games. It's typically, if it's the if it's a pure destruction thing that doesn't break down your whole game, right? Yeah. Or or wreck. I just spent an hour doing this, and then I, and then you came along and did one little thing, and now I'm reset. That's yeah. the type of game I don't like. There was something I played recently that had conflict, and I think we talked about it on the show, the Alaboom show. Recent, can't remember it. Can't remember well, it. I, I kind of get the different kind of conflicts. I mean, I, I think of one that Jen and I enjoyed. Uh, I don't know if you played uh, Athlas. I've not played Golden that. I, I know, I know it. Yeah, it's a it's a dude on a map. It's basically kind of fantasy chess kind of thing. I know the, the answer. The point is, before the game starts, you make custom characters with yeah. powers and stuff like that. And I remember actually digging it. And I remember thinking, why do we dig this? This is nothing but spending the whole time trying to to, to ruin each other. But the thing is, all the building was done before the game started. And once the game was going, I was incapable. The only thing I could do to you playing a game like that was, I mean, I, I can't, I mean, Lance talks about all the time. He loves kicking down people's sandcastles. Oh, you've worked so hard to build that. Let me ruin that. That's, yeah, I think, does. the real issue. If yeah. I don't want to prevent you from achieving what you have built. I love heroes because you build things instead of kill things or chase things or, or, or whatever. I mean, if you talk about the verb, I like to build. And I don't want to ruin your opportunity to build. But in a game like this, or like Atlas, and there's so many others where, no, look, you already built your thing. If I don't give your thing a chance to clash against my thing, you built it for nothing. You know, and that was a, that was a weird conflux of yeah. stuff because yeah, that was build, not a game where yeah. you can, oh, let's harvest more things and build up our defenses and all of that. Nope, it's just, hey, we've got these characters. They can run around and sooner or later, um, it, I think, oh, it was like a, there's power stones. But people have to occupy a certain number of power stones or something like that. Right. I mean, I didn't say we liked it enough to come back to it over and over again. We'd still rather play Agricola or any game where we build sure. instead of kill. But we were both surprised that we enjoyed that game in kind of the way we used to enjoy Magic the Gathering before we got burned out on it. Right, because the point of the game is only to eliminate the other player. Yeah. I think yeah on some level, if it's, if it's nothing more than a transfer of victory points, and that's, yeah. you know, that's what Magic the Gathering is. We both start yeah. with 20 victory points, and we're trying to... You know, me doing 20 points of damage to you is functionally no different than me scoring 20 points for myself. Right. So in a, in a game where it's just about that, I, I, I try. But the thing is, you know, I, I'm still kind of, this is something that happened years ago. I don't think I would accept it now. When we first started, I mean, Jen loved Tigers and Euphrates. And I throw that out because I know it's one of your favorites of all time. Jen loved it to pieces. And I thought, well, this is neat. I guess we could play it some. But man, can't we just go back to making farms in Agricola? Wasn't that more fun? 
And as, as I realized, I got, my expectations were, hey, you know what? Everything is Magic the Gathering and Warhammer. That's what all of gaming is. And Pandemic is a weird outlier. And Agricola is a weird outlier. I seem to find mostly all this other stuff. And, um, you know, so I would begrudgingly go along with that stuff. But as, t- the, you know, the, the tide has shifted over the, the, the last decade. I mean, Euros are ascendant. Uh, you know, two-player gaming is ascendant. Um, you know, the stuff I love is ascendant. So I'm really at the right place at the right time. And the more I realize that's available to me, the less patience I have for um, something because I don't need it anymore. Once upon a time, I thought that's what there was. And it's not. And I, I, I don't get anything out of that. And why spend time on something? You know, even if it's like everybody keeps telling me, Rado, you got to play Scythe. You got to play Scythe. The number of times I've played Scythe and never once fired a shot with my mech it's it's awesome it's like yeah the mech is still there though it's always a threat it's 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 yeah. always in you the have back to always think it's going flying. to hit you yeah yeah and or you and, look you look for your opportunities to hit others at least that's the way i've played yeah. it. or at least even if you never get a chance to that's because the existence of your mech means your opponent is not able to do what they really want to do you know, they can't stockpile stuff. They can't leave it unprotected. They have to invest in defenses because I exist, because I am literally a gun that has been put on the table. I'm not firing the gun. My hand's not even on the gun, but the gun is on the table. That's going to affect the entire dinner party. Um, and that's the <laughs> right. way I look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, a good, that's a good analogy there, actually. I like that. Yeah. I, you know, Scythe is one of the ones where I don't mind the attacking, that's mm-hmm. personally. Uh, the other game I was trying to remember, and I remembered it, is Pax Pamir. Mm, that Pax because there's Pamir so much so good. There's so much interesting things in that game that I don't feel like it's always like. I mean, you kind of are always either it's it's sort of a zero sum game. Like anything that I can do to help myself might hurt someone else, might yeah. t- might also help somebody else, but also I don't know. It didn't feel. I always feel like in my group, like if if I feel like I need to target somebody, I always target one particular player because he's such a good player. This game, I didn't do that. We just did it all random. Like it was always like, what's best for me instead of which person can I hit to knock back a little bit? So yeah. that well, brought me out of that feeling. I, yeah. That's a big difference too. Every game is implicitly less mean when you have multiple players. Sure. Every game's cutthroatedness increases by 70% as soon as there's only one other player. Because, yeah, I could be a dick inside and just keep trying to mess with you, but all that's doing is slowing you down and slowing me down, and the person who's out of it, they're going to win. So I can't just blindly attack. But in a two-player game, everything I do to slow you down directly speeds me up by, you know, the zero-sum nature of it. So that's the thing I think people don't realize when they say Rado is so Care Bear. You might be too if you only ever played games two-player, maybe. I, I am weird to play small world with, though. I'm very what? strange there. You do like small I'm, world? I'm very... Uh, well, a small world was a game I discovered early on not to play with Jen. We played it a couple of times, and it's not at its best with two. I think anybody would agree with that. It works, Probably. but it, you really want a big group of people. Right. Um, but we, I played it a lot at work with my coworkers when we were working on Brink at Splash Damage. And I became known as the guy who never really seemed to be much of a threat, was never really in it, and somehow always convinced everybody, look... You really should be focusing on on uh, Matt over there. Matt's the trouble. Didn't you see what he just did last turn? Yeah. I know you can't see how many points, but you saw what he did. And I'm just over here quietly with my hoodie up, just just plugging along, not really bothering nobody. And I would have a tendency to win. It was very strange yeah. that I, I played the room more than I played the game. Yeah. 
That's one of my least favorite things in gaming. Meta okay. game. The meta game. That little game above the game where it's like you have to evaluate who's going to win or lose and you have to play that game and and the and the talking about it and the political the politicizing of why you should do certain things and uh, politicking is really the right word. Yes. Um to get someone to do something for you. That's the game I do not like because I always fall into these traps of being <laughs> very persuaded. Weak. I know my weakness. I, re- I remember a game of uh, the uh, Game of Thrones game. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you ever played that one. Like I that did one, I was, play it. I was, it was suckered so into the death trap very quickly. And that's why I won't play like diplomacy type games or never going to play Game of Thrones again or any of that stuff. And Civilization so is another one. it's not that you have any... It's not that you have any predisposition against it. You just know it's a weakness. I'm, it's a weakness, yeah, for sure. If I you tend to could play. wheel and deal and yeah. outfox everybody, you would be attracted to it, do you think? I mean, people Maybe. like to do things they're good at. I mean, that's just human nature. But that, it always feels like a swindling kind of thing where I'm like, the, how good I am at lying to you or tricking you. I don't like that nature of things. Because I can extend into life, too. And then I'm like, well, do I really trust that person? when they're really good at persuading me to do something in a game. And then, um, so I had a weird question. It's, I don't even know if this makes sense. It made, made sense in my head when I thought of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a sucky question. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, but well, your last one it. was too, but it was a good conversation. anyway. <laughs> um, do you think that the stuff we're doing with these games is like giving ourselves enough happiness in our brains until we die? Like we found something that we can do just till we die and be happy with it. Yes. Or here's the deal. Yep. I, I have an answer to this question. I'll, okay. I'll let you finish it. Well, I, I had a, or is it something more deep than that? Is it, is well, it, is it just, is it a superficial uh, brain tingling thing that we like to do? It just gets us like, I can keep doing this and stay happy enough till I die. Or am I really getting deep? Is feelings? it candy or is it a proper meal? There you go. You summarized okay. my question way better. Is it, yeah. is it, is it empty calories or is it a proper fulfilling life? Um, that's an interesting question. That was not the question I was going to answer though. Okay. Because I have a very strong, passionate response to what I thought you were asking. Oh, what and do it you has think? to okay. do with Wall-E of all things. Wall-E? Yes. The, the Pixar film. The movie. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I don't understand people's response to that movie. Those astronauts, those people on that cruise ship, they were happy, living. Happy as, happy as F. <laughs> it was the best. It was true. It, I mean, it is the ultimate true bliss. goal that our true bliss. society should be moving towards. It's why I so strongly support Andrew Yang and UBI, um, because people should be freed from, you know, the the shackles of, well, if I, I'm not a worthwhile person unless I'm producing stuff. You know what? Why isn't producing happiness deemed a valuable life goal? Just making yourself fulfilled, learning, knowledge, um, spreading joy to others. Why aren't these things that we value as a society? Um, You know, why isn't the first question you ever ask somebody the first time you meet them, why isn't it, what do you do for fun? That should be the question we ask everybody instead of what do you do for work? Because that is how we define our worth as human beings. And it's backwards. It's wrong. Um, So with that aside, um, obviously, I'm a big proponent of play. I'm a big proponent of if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. Um, there are people who are implicitly driven, quite frankly, because of their brain chemistry, because uh, you know, a combination of their brain chemistry and the circumstances of their rearing. That means, you know what? If you are not satisfied playing Fortnite 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 
um, because and you need something more, that's great. That's great. Go pursue it. You know, um, you know, split the atom or, you know, figure out this whole Schroeder's box thing for once and for all, please. Somebody uh, crack that quantum mechanics code. Great. Uh, more power to you. Please don't look down on me. If my brain chemistry, because we're all just biological machines, if my brain chemistry combined with the circumstances of my upbringing have um, in, embedded in me the, the idea that I can f- find fulfillment and joy and satisfaction from playing Agricola, from playing um, World of Warcraft, from watching movies, from you know spending endless hours debating the merits of Star Wars The Last Jedi. <laughs> if that's what makes you happy, dude, I'm so happy that you found what makes you happy. And I don't look down on you at all just because I happen to be a hardcore driven Wall Street person who thinks I'm not really achieving anything unless I've made my first million by 25. Hey, I don't, I don't judge you for that. Don't judge me for this. It's we have to disconnect this crazy Puritan work ethic. This is certainly something I've been working on with Jen for our entire marriage because she epitomizes that. She feels worthless if she is not generating and producing things in real life. And I generally feel like, wow, that sounds like a lot of work, honey. Are you sure? Wouldn't you rather just sit down and play a game? Um, that will be fulfilling and satisfying too, for me at least, um, because I'm spending time with you and I'm, uh, you know, I'm exercising my brain and I'm staving off Alzheimer's and, you know, and, and all the rest of it. So uh, I think to, to your real question, I think it's what people make of it. Uh, basically, I think, um, you know, what? hey, some people just need a little popcorn, need a little candy. And that's great. And some people define themselves by their love for some really deep, crazy GMT war game. And that's great. If you could do that and you could find somebody else who defines themselves, because we are fast approaching as a society, or I should say we who are lucky enough to be in the Western world are fast approaching. um, What's it called? The, uh, you know, the the point where, um, I want to say substance abuse, but that's wrong. Although we have all those problems, uh, the, you know, the, the point where our society uh, has effectively limitless resources functionally. Right. I mean, you know, if, if you look at the uh, progression of agriculture and how how many people it took to bring in, um, you know, I don't know, you know, whatever XDY amount of corn versus how many people it takes today, and you project where that's going to go, it will come sooner than later. Jobs are going to continue to disappear. They are, it's going to be tougher and tougher. And we have to rewire our sense of self-worth. We have to recognize that somebody saying, well, what do you do for fun is a great opening question. Um, because honestly, it's genuinely more interesting. Wouldn't you rather talk about something that, get, that somebody is passionate about that fills our life with joy than instead, well, what do you do to make sure you don't starve to death? That's the question that we ask each other because we're all brainwashed. And I think games, I think normalizing games, I think this is something um, a lot of people, I was talking about my podcast earlier, a lot of people early on would write questions to Jen. What did I do to convert her into a gamer? What can I do to convert my wife? It's usually wife. We'll say spouse, but oh, it's usually wife. And you know, Jen had a go-to answer for this. And I was really impressed by it. 
um, you know, because it, it was very eye-opening to me. She would explain, you know, and of course she's coming from her own perspective. There's no 100% universal truths here, but she would talk about how her life experience is women are reared in fundamentally different ways with different expectations than men. And one of them is, look, you are the head of the household. Uh, Whether we value it or not on a societal level, you are the serious one. You are the one that keeps everything going. You are the ones that make sure the kids are okay. You are the one that makes sure everything is working. And you're the one who, um, you know, you don't have time to um, sit down and relax because you've got to be worrying about all these high level things. And, um, you know, and it, it's ingrained in little girls when they are given, and I don't know if this happens anymore, the easy bake oven and, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the wet my Barbie baby doll, because it's training you how to be a certain thing. Um, whereas what we are given is toy soldiers and Tonka trucks and all of that. Of course, this is something that I think society at large is aware, and there's so many wonderful um, initiatives to try yeah. to break those stereotypes and, you know, you know, STEM for girls and all that. That's great. But, you know, Jim's talking from her life experience and her sister's life experience and her mother's life experience that her answer to people saying this is what you have to do if you want your wife to be able to enjoy games the way you do is you have to give her the space. She would say this so much better than me. You have to give her the confidence, the space, the support to let her let it all go. Because in her experience, you can never let it go. There's always another problem. There's always another thing that needs to be taken care of. Your home life is your work life. You don't go off to an office and then come back home. Of course, these are all very stereotypical things. But, you know, again, um, you know, this was very, very true for Jen. And it's something that she said she appreciates in me that I actively try to, I was talking about this earlier, actively try to, it's maybe kind of aggressive a little bit, but um, subvert her need to constantly be working and say, honey, it's okay. We're doing all right. You can rest. You can relax. Just stop thinking about it. Don't think about it for a week. It'll be fine. Whatever the problem is that, you know, is just weighing on her that prevents her from just being able to veg. You know, it is work for Jen to veg. (laughs) And I think that is something that if you have a spouse and you love it and you just can't seem to understand, why can't you invest in this? That might be a place to start looking. I've so gone off into the weeds. I don't remember what the question um, was. I don't remember what my question Lost was. Track well. Oh, no, no. It was the um, candy. Is it candy? candy? Yes. Is it candy so, yeah. or is it, is it empty calories or is it fulfilling? Yeah. I think it has the potential to be. I think yeah, I can certainly say it is very fulfilling for me. Uh, it is the most fulfilling thing. I, I'm so glad I discovered it. It is the most fulfilling thing I do in my life, sharing this joy with the most important person in the world to me. Um, you know, I mean, Jen and I, we're very different people. She likes to garden. I have tried so hard to enjoy gardening with her, and I just can't do it. I like Quentin Tarantino films. She has tried really hard, and she is just not into it. But we can, these, we can, there's a game for everybody. And and we have found many, many games that we can share. And it gives her the opportunity to, you know, to, to turn off and just focus on silly, fluffy stuff. But I don't think that's silly and fluffy. I think that's good for the soul. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, Do you feel guilty of your position that you are in the board game world? Do you mean my success? Like like your success. Yeah. Do you feel any any guilt about it? Like it's very hard to do what you've done 
in the specific industry, mm-hmm. well, you're probably, one of, you're probably I, one of a kind. I was in the right place at the right time. So that's what it was. So was Brad Pitt and so was Meryl Streep. You know, um, it, 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 it's it, this industry is the same as going off to Hollywood with dreams of making it big on the silver screen. And, you know, one in 50,000 actually lands. I was in the right place at the right time. I'll, be, I'll tell you one thing that was a huge, huge boost for me early on in my first year when I was just kind of, well, let's just give this a try. I got an iPhone. What the heck? I've got some games laying around. Um, I'm not making video games anymore because I retired. Although that lasted for all of three months before I moved on to the next project. I have a question about that, actually. Um, yeah, okay. We'll come back to it. <laughs> we'll come back to um, it. Yeah. So I, I was just messing around, and it was Tasty Minstrel Games Ground Floor by designer David Short. It was on Kickstarter. And I was thinking, I, I, I don't know if I want to back it. And I was really surprised. He said, look, download it and print it out and play it for yourself. That's much more common these days. That was really weird at the time. Yeah. And so I did. And Jen and I played it. And I thought, oh, well, why don't I film it? Um, I, you know, I, I had no expectations. I, did, I, I thought nobody would care because it was ugly as heck. But it turned out it was people really appreciated it. And, I, and you know, I instantly fell in love with the idea of, wow, I should cover Kickstarter games. There is no greater help, no greater aid to people than at that moment when they are totally in the dark trying to make a decision if I can help them. Um, because I try, obviously I'm very subjective in my final thoughts, which are usually pretty positive. I try to be very objective in the run through, which is where I think the real value of what I do is. But anyway, long story short, I did that. I put it up. It was pretty successful, but then the writer, I forget their names, Jerry from Penny Arcade. Yes. Jerry, Jerry, uh, whatever his name is. Um, he saw that video completely randomly because it's not like this was, Early days, uh, people didn't realize, oh, put our put a video on our Kickstarter page. Nobody does that. But somehow he found my video and he posted in his daily blog next to the Penny Arcade comic, boy, I'm really glad I stumbled across this random video. Um, it helped me decide whether I should buy. And he was really posting about Ground Floor and he just had a link to my video. And I can go back. That was a huge spike. That was a monster. I was just like, you know, just kind of a little bit boink. Yeah. Um, you know, that you was... You got touched by the hand. Yes, and that gave me such a jolt. And, you know, I mean, obviously it went back down, but, you know, that really cemented me. So I'm the first to recognize if that hadn't happened, I was just a loud motor mouth um, with really low rent production values. But I think a certain amount of charisma, I think I mostly just, you know, kind of scraped by on that because I'm literally cribbing a character I played in a high school play musical. Um yeah. So I guess, do I feel guilty because I look at other channels? Well, do you feel guilty? That I know are like are, if, you know, are objectively yeah. superior to me. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, in terms of their production, in terms of their messaging, in terms of their discipline, I am so undisciplined. I am so unprofessional. But you know, I I, it's, I just found it's easier to say, ah, screw it. I'm unprofessional. I'll own it. And I, but I think that gives me a certain disarming naturalness that some people like some people hate so i look at other channels and i wow you've got 500 subscribers you've got a thousand subscribers um you should be doing better than me um mm, i don't know if i'm telling the truth on that last bit i'll be honest i do think i'm actually really good at what i do i i i won't fake brag or humble it away i do think 
what I, you know, and I appreciate it's not for everybody, but if you like what I do, I'm really good at it. Uh, starting with that play in high school that forced me out of my shell and always ready to, you know, tap dance and talk and be entertaining, leading to college. My first job in college was doing phone surveys during the, uh, what was it, the 19, I think it was the, uh, I'd have to look, it was during some presidential election. Was it Clinton um, versus uh, yeah, it must have been. It must have been. It was Bush. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, yeah. Versus Bush Sr. And that was me having to get on the phone every night for hours and try because I wouldn't get paid if I didn't find a way to get people to talk to me on the phone so I could answer these questions so it could go in, you know, the New York Times or whatever that we were, you know, booked to do that. And so I learned a lot about how to get through to people very quickly. I then went on to work for Nintendo for three years, mostly as a gameplay counselor. And what did I do there? Talk on the phone for people for eight hours a yeah, day. That's a who skill. Often were calling me in tears, literal <laughs> tears, because they were so frustrated that they couldn't get past, you know, Bowser or whatever it was in whatever game and trying to talk them down, be a, a, a shoulder to lean on and, and get them through that really tough stuff. Um, then where I, you know, so I'm just continuing to build these skills that I think manifest in Rado runs through. I go and I'm a junior designer. You know, I'm kind of, I'm doing my Rado thing, you know, but ultimately I, through a bit of luck, I end up being lead designer on siphon filter and like, Oh my gosh, I'm terrified. I'm like 26. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I talk a good game. I'm very fast on my feet. I can answer questions by coming up with something on the, on the fly if I need to, but I don't know what I'm doing. And they hired John Garvin who went on to be my ultimate nemesis. He was the lead artist. I was the lead designer. He was 10 years older than me, much more experienced than me. And I think he resented the fact that I was his equal in terms of the hierarchy. And we had to compromise his art versus my design. And, oh man, I was swimming with sharks and I didn't know what I was doing. And it was sink or swim. And I had to learn to fight in a positive, productive, upbeat way, but to... Um, you know, you know, to, to defend tooth defend. and nail what I need yeah. to do. And, you know, and that was calling on everything I'd ever done before. And that led to 20 years making video games. And you've worked in video games long enough to know a lead designer is really nothing more than a cheerleader. Just, True. hey, everybody, let's go this way. Let me explain it to you and you and you and you. Oh, that's really interesting. I like what you're saying there. Um, if we can do it, I'll try to do it. If we can't, I'll make you I'll make you be the one to come out and admit that we can't do it because because uh, I don't want to shut anybody down. Um, and I ended up doing that for 20 years. And so I have just I have been living Rotto runs through for a long time and honing it because my career relied on my ability to communicate. Never mind the fact my major in the University of Washington was scientific and technical communication, which means I was training to interact with engineers and convert what they say into normal speak. And what do I do now? I spend okay. all day long reading rule books and I don't know and what is wrong with our them. industry that we still take all of our inspiration for rule books from engineering texts. Hmm. That's, that's the basis of most structures of rule books and it drives me nuts because it does not address how human beings learn and communicate. And so few rules get it. Vlada Shavadl gets it, but most don't. And um, so it's just this weird combination of stuff that has allowed me to be, I think, the best in the world at the very strange oddball thing that I do. Um, so to answer your question, I feel like, uh, I, I would feel guilty. It was like, I mean, because I can recognize 
people do stuff so much better than me, but I don't think they do what makes me special better than me. So I don't feel guilty about the fact that I am more successful. I wish everybody could be successful. Um, it was really interesting bringing on my first contributor to the channel, Shay Parker. I don't yep. know if you've watched any of his videos. He's I done have. Four so far. Yep. Um, he did his first run through. He thought he knew how I do stuff. And he did his first run through. It was 20 minutes long for Call to Adventure, if I recall. Yeah. And um, I sent him a 90-minute critique of his 20-minute video. You know, wow. literally like pausing every five seconds, recording myself watching, saying, okay, here's what I would have done at this stage, and here's why. And I would go into really – and this was weird. I never articulated any of this. I didn't really think about it. I just do it instinctually. But actually having to articulate why it's so important. Why, I had to articulate why I generally don't play all the way to the end. I think there's a strong psychological impact. Most people who do run-throughs play all the way to the end. I don't think they're doing themselves any favors. I think there is a strength in the cliffhanger, in the leaving them wanting more, in the not overstaying your welcome. I try when I'm doing a run-through to judge how far can I push. Okay, I think I've if I keep going, it's going to drag on. Let's Drags, get out yeah. now. You know, and a lot of little things like that. And to his credit, oh my God, he blew me away on his second one, which is now what is posted on the channel. He totally got it. He totally nailed it. Um, and I, I, and, and honestly, he makes me wonder, maybe I'm not so special after all, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, the, but, but yeah. the, I, I'll have to wait till I see if I can find a third person who can do it. Do you think if you release that 90 minute video, would it help everybody or would it take away what's special about you? Um, I, you're, you're, do you have like secrets? Like you don't want to like, no, I, I, I would have no problem with that at all. Um, it's actually interesting. Uh, at the same, the reason I actually brought on Shay was not because I was jonesing to take on more work. If you've gotten anything from me, I'm lazy and I want less work. I have a friend uh, named Andrew who's been after me for years to take Rado runs through seriously. Like Rodney takes his channel seriously. Tom takes his channel seriously. I was always just bouncing off the wall and just making it up as I went along. And he's like, no, you are successful enough that you can get sponsorships if you want. You can get contributors if you want. And I, for years, have pushed Andrew away saying, no, I just don't want to do it. That's not me. And eventually he broke me down and said, okay, well, t you do it. And he's, he went off to the races. He spent a couple of months studying every single channel, every single content creator. And he brought me Shay and said, I've studied everybody. And Shay doesn't do what you do, but I think he could do what you do. Um, you know, because he's a, you know, he, he's a trained improvisational actor in Hollywood, uh, you know, and, 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 and there's, there, there's a, and, you know, and he had this one video about how he teaches games. I'm like, wow. Okay. Let's give him a try. So anyway, um, Andrew watched that video and his response the next day, cause I posted and I sent it to both of them. His response is, oh my God, I just watched a, um, you know, what, what are those, uh, those things you see on ads for Facebook that you can get Martin Scorsese to teach you how to yeah, masterclass. Yeah. Yeah. He said, Oh, that's what you did. You totally did that. You could totally sell this. And, um, and my first thought, okay. You did a masterclass and how to do a game run and, and how to do what I do and why every single thing I do. And, um, it. here's the only reason I haven't done it. And this is, I don't know, maybe I, I obviously I run a Patreon now and, the majority of why I'm able to do what I'm doing and make it a career instead of having to go back to the video game industry, which now that I live in America, I would totally have to do because geez, that is, that is me censoring myself about healthcare costs Expenses in this country. In America. Yeah. It's so maddening after living in Europe for two decades yeah. um, or 15 years, something like that. Close enough. Uh, yeah. And so, 
and I don't want to go back. So I started taking it again, much more as one of the reasons, okay, Andy, I don't want to have to go back to my old life. I want to keep doing this because it's, I thought it'd be cheaper to live here. No, it's crazy expensive to live here. Anyway, um, compared to Malta. Oh man. So cheap. Yeah. So what was I saying? So he saw it. And anyway, oh, so yeah, I have Patreon yeah. backers every month. If you give me $2 a month, I will give you a video that only you get to see if you back me at $2 a month that I will try so hard to make sure it is worth it. I have done videos for my backers. Like if you had $500, what games would you buy to start a collection? That would be a video that I think people would love to see. It's for my backers only. I gave, I, I went on ahead and I posted it for them. So they got to see it just as kind of a, I think for most of them, it's just like, Oh, that's really interesting to see the philosophy behind Rado's stuff. And I, I realized the second I did that, I'd be breaking a trust if I actually made that public. Because honestly, my, my gut reaction is to make it public. I guess if anybody wants, now that I've made a big deal out of it, if, if any content creators want, I'll share it with them if they don't make it public. Because I basically made a promise to all my backers. Look, you guys give me $2 a month. And I said these will be exclusives. So it's an exclusive to you. Of course, if anybody wants to see it, it's just $2 once. $2 and you will get a hundred hours easily of behind the scenes stuff. All the video about how I film everything, all my equipment, that video that I, I critique Shay, poor Shay. I don't think I told him I was going to do that. I don't even know if he knows I did that because he doesn't give me $2 a month. <laughs> um, so I guess, I guess so maybe that's the way I can have my cake and eat it too, because it's there if anybody wants it and it'll cost you $2 once. So in that regard, it's a really cheap masterclass video. I don't. I also know Shay does games that you have turned down. I guess. Oh like, yes, yeah. not well, that was style. the main. That was the original thinking that you know, obviously, by choice, I say no. I mean, I, I, I self censor. Uh, oh, doesn't support two players? Pass. Uh, take that. Pass. Party game. Pass. Memory requirements. Pass. 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 Stop putting memory in board games. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. Um, stop doing it. Um, little kids like him but he's much more omnivorous than me hugely yeah. so and i do think I, I think i don't do my I, I do my audience a disservice that they would never see twilight imperium um that nobody out there is going to do a rotto runs through style presentation you know crazy gonzo off the wall that focuses less on gameplay and proper rules um explanation and more on what does it feel like because that's that's what it's all about. What does it feel like? Get you in as fast as you can and articulate with, with some very specific um, focuses what um, mental processes you go through. Because at the end of the day, the gameplay is not picking this up and moving it. That is not the game. The game is choosing which of these cards and articulating why I would choose this one instead of this one, which should be deadly dull. But if you can do it in the right way, it, yeah. well, I mean, I think my success it. proves it's compelling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not for everybody. A lot of people. Not can't for everybody. Stand. I it's mean, su- it's, it's super hard. I'm to... very scatterbrained. Hmm. Yeah, but not everybody likes Rodney. Not everybody likes Tom. Not no, no. nothing is. There's for no. Everybody. There's no one shoe fits all here. One size is fits there, all. Is there a one shoe fits all? Is there a one size fits all? I don't no. know. I mean, what would be the truly universal? Maybe, maybe tabletop could... was. I never really heard a harsh word about tabletop. I would. You're right. Tabletop is close. Close. I would say the only thing that maybe kept tabletop from that, aside from personality conflicts, which honestly I would have been happy to leave all that you know between them. But 
it was, you know, gosh, I I so enjoyed that show. If I ever get, oh god, I loved it. Yeah, I will bow down to him. He's it was so he's done so much good. Um, but it was they were all very on, and sometimes it was like a little over animated. You know, and I and I didn't have a problem with it all, but I do know some people were put off. Wow, they all feel like they're being fake. And I think I guess that's the biggest criticism. And it was acting. Yeah, they they were being heightened because hey, most of them were actors or you know I, want to I, be you, actors. You, yeah, I mean, what do you expect? It's Hollywood. <laughs> they were doing the thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I I understand that, but sh- except for that, you're right. I think that's probably as close as we ever got. And well, hey, it, it's proven. I mean, it, nobody ever gets. Oh, believe me, like BGG that. went. We we got we we went nuts during that time. Oh, probably, oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, I definitely yeah. I give a lot to tabletop. We we grew big that year, and the years following. So tabletop was your Penny Arcade uh, mention. Oh, I meant to tell you about Penny Arcade, and I have a funny oh, story. Yeah, okay. Is it funny? I don't know. It's sad to me. Their very first comic was Sin, making fun of it. The very first one. The very first comic is the video game I worked on. What? Yeah. Did you so make the guy. Of- so the guy in the the guy in the comic hangs himself because the, there was a bug that we shipped that would made the game load twice or five times as long as it would have should have loaded. Oh. And um, the guy hung himself, and I was like, when I saw this, I'm like, oh, I'm, now I'm gonna hang myself, <laughs> like. Cause you take five years of, or several years of work. Those guys had worked on it for years before I got there. I worked solid oh two years, crunch time for the whole time, ship the game. And then the first comic, I, the first cool thing I see from a cool person was a guy hanging himself. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. But that's and, and the that's, internet. And that sets the tone. It sets the tone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, um, that's, the, that's the equivalent of working hard on Hawaii and Tom throws it in the garbage. And I'm Simil- very happy. Oh, similarly, yes, yes. Yeah, similarly. that I think Tom for a long time just didn't want to hear it, but finally did recognize that. You know, uh, you know, for him it was a quick joke, no big deal, all yucks, and, and, but it hurts. Yeah, it, hurts yeah, it hurts hard. It hurts. It hurts some people. Yeah. Um, one of my one of my coworkers, uh, Don McCaskill, who now owns Flickr, by the way, and uh, oh wow. He he framed it and put it in his office. He you know he works in uh, he still works in um, San Jose or something like that and Jeez. framed it. Um, yeah, they, he Don McCaskill uh, worked on worked at Ritual for a while and then he went on to I don't I don't know what I'm drawing. I use this his system. It's a photo storage system which I can't remember the name of right now on the spot. But uh, Wait, they acquired that, uh, they acquired Flickr. Board Game Geek. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like the guy, the coworker who I worked with framed it okay. and is has it in his office, like massively huge. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to frame that. In oh, fact, the, I, the 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 Penny Arcade. Yeah, yeah, the Penny Arcade, first comic ever, right? Anyway. Um, before oh, I forget I, I, this question, I've been there too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you get you got criticisms on all time on EGM yeah. on the cover. Yeah. That's what it said. Yep, the Busby. Yeah, Bubsy. Yeah, Bubsy. My first game. Wee. I, I didn't I don't know if I know the answer to this question, but I couldn't remember. Um, how did you get into lead designer at 26? Because normally, unless you start the company, yes, the lead designer yep. is not handed out like candy. <laughs> I my whole life is a series of right place at the right times. So the situation is, I get a job as a junior designer on Bubsy 3D. I work on some of the boss Smug design. Mug. A little bit of the inner, just a little bit of everything, just trying to pick up the slack where Mike Berlin, who was the lead designer and co-founder of the company, he was an ex-Infocom guy, 
uh, Eidetic was founded by two Infocom guys, uh, Mark Blank, the creator of Zork, and uh, Mike Berlin, the creator of uh, Suspended and a bunch of other really classic Infocom uh, games. And um, and Mike, uh, at one point in Accolade, did a Sonic the Hedgehog clone called Bubsy 3D, or Bubsy Claws Encounters of the Third Kind. So they got the rights, or they got the contract to bring it into 3D. This was years before we understood what 3D platformers were. Do you remember Jumping Jack Flash? Does anybody remember Jumping yeah. Jack Flash? Loved it. 3D Jumping Jack Flash was cool, and that yeah. was our competition in our heads. We thought, yeah. oh yeah, Jumping Jack Flash. We just got to be that. Yeah. And we did not know what was coming, and we shipped a couple of weeks or a month or whatever after Mario 64 and Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. We were looking back. So they were your half life. Body Dog was looking forward. <laughs> yeah. So obviously that was sad, sad times. Although still, I would put us up against Jumping Jack Flash any day of the week. <laughs> um, if we could have shipped six months earlier, oh, what a different story it would have been. But so that almost destroys us as a company. And I do think it was a, you know, the stuff you were talking about, it was such a huge blow on Mike. Um, you know, because he was, he must have been in his 40s or maybe early 50s at that point. And he kind of lost some excitement for it. By hook or by crook, we got the license for Siphon Filter. Mike was still going to be the lead designer. He was basically the chief creative officer. Not that any those terms existed at the time in the industry because we were still too young. I mean, because, you know, there's no chief creative officer when there's like 15 people. And that's right. the whole team. It'd yeah. be ridiculous. So he was just the lead designer, but also the co-founder. And I was still the junior designer. And he was working on it. And man, Siphon Filter would have been such an insanely different game. But... I was dogged. John Garvin, the guy I mentioned before, who would become my nemesis, although we're great friends now. Uh, we were both dogged. And I don't know what went on behind the scenes, but eventually Mike decided, yeah, I'm done. I- I'm done. Uh, this industry has chewed me up. It spat me out. I'm going to go off into the sunset and I'm going to invent ebooks. And that's what he went to do. Wow. He made an ebook publisher in whatever, 1996. So sadly, he was a little bit ahead of the curve. A little bit, a little bit ahead yeah. of his time. Yeah, I have no idea what ultimately happened. I loved him; he gave me so much. Probably got acquired. Hmm? Probably got I acquired. So. I hope so. At some point, uh, he deserved all the success in the world because he, as I was a junior designer, I was very passionate, and I wore him down on a daily basis by just hitting him like this. And he was so great because he would listen and he would listen and he put up his hand and say, "You've convinced me." And, I, and that was, oh, that just gave me such the warm tinglys. <laughs> I didn't always, but when he said, you've convinced me, I was like, yes. So anyway, he was still the lead, but he left. And there was no one else. And they had all heard me just talk nonstop, very confidently, for a year and a half about the way everything should be. He said, okay, give it to the kid. Mm. What else are we going to do? Give it to the kid. Yep, so they gave it to the kid. And, and, and like I said, I don't think that John cared for that. Um, why didn't you give it to me? I've been here for 10 years. I made Cyberstorm. Remember Cyberstorm from Dynamics? He was from Crystal, or not Crystal I remember Dynamics. the name, um, but I don't remember the game. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a, uh, it was a Warcraft clone with, um, hmm. mechs. It was good. And it wasn't Crystal D. What was it? Is oh, I can't remember. Crystal Dynamics? No, it wasn't Crystal D. That was down in Southern California. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's all in one ear and out the other now. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was just totally lucky. Um, I, I was just, and here's the deal. Um, I was not the only junior designer at IDETIC, but I was the only one that survived the callings. The callings after our first project got canceled so that all hands on Bubsy, forget about Jumper, 
which would have been such an amazing game. And so a lot of people, uh, you know, disappeared as a result of that. And then Bubsy, of course. So then more people disappeared. And somehow I kept holding on and uh, by doing this and it fell into my lap. It's a good question. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, um, I was, there was no universal answer. There was yeah, no yeah. full sale back then. Right. Um, yeah. Nobody, nobody knew was taught how to make it. The best way I was taught was sitting at a desk next to two lead programmers at ritual entertainment eventually they got tired of me asking questions and they said figure it out i got about two weeks of asking questions and they're like you know what you need to figure it out now i'm like oh yeah okay yeah. i'll figure it out yeah that's well i got two weeks of life. training um oh so when you retired yes you did it once well, so you want to come back to that okay what year did you retire okay uh it was well i can look it up with the old powers of wikipedia because it would have been a year after Brink shipped. Wikipedia Brink. I can type Wikipedia. Brink is a video game, a first-person shooter developed by Splash Damage, and it came out in 2011. So I decided to retire in um, probably early 2012. Um, Did you... Brink, hey, my first yeah. game ever was something I was very passionate about and landed with a thud. My last game ever was something I was even more passionate about, Brink, and landed with landed a thud. With a thud. Um, although I'm still so proud of that game. That is the best thing I have ever done creatively in my life. And it's, I think it is, even to this day, it is ahead of the curve. And the, But that's not why it failed. It failed because Bethesda effed us. And I could go on that <laughs> at great length. But that's for another time, perhaps, because I don't want to get anybody in trouble at Splash Damage. Although I think very few people are still there from when I was Yeah, because they but, still exist. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, yeah, they're, they're doing. Um, they basically do multiplayer add-ons for Gears of War and stuff like that now. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, because they got their niche. Anyway, though. Um, did you so get paid year, for Brink? Like, did you make huh? money off Brink? Did you get Brink, a, a bonus? Brink was a, was a was a was a sales success. Sales success. Brink yeah. Was the most hyped game of the year. People at at um you know at E3 and Cologne and all of the uh you know the, the big game conventions all around the world would literally wait hours to play one session and then would get right back in line. Wow. Um, we okay. were the most highly acclaimed shooter ever prior to launch because we got so many Game of Show awards because. I'll say it. It's an amazing freaking game. It's It's got problems, and I will certainly take my fair share for some of the problems, but at the end of the day, it crashed and burned because uh, the uh, the Bethesda testing department, y- you would probably know better than me, yeah. they were doing some kind of new form of testing that didn't require actually playing the game, and it was more right. about statistical analysis. Right. And maybe you know what this is. I didn't understand at the time. What do you mean? What? They're not yeah. what? And apparently they had some really super duper high tech piece of kit to test load bearing balances and all that kind of stuff on, lo- on servers. It was a yes, multiplayer on, yeah, game, right? to, to re- rep, you know, replicate that. And apparently they didn't know how to use it. And we <laughs> launched in a completely unplayable state, and we had no idea. Um, because uh, hey, it worked on our network, and they say it works with all their yeah. emulation, and it didn't. Like within two weeks, we had patched it, but the damage was done. Because everybody, you, you can't release a multiplayer shooter that you can't play online. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, still, I'm very proud of it. Yeah. But went from that to, well, you know, the lead up before, I mean, I, I didn't really work on Brink for the last three months. You know, uh, Neil took over, Neil and Ed took over all the design stuff because I was on the road 
because everybody knew we were going to be the greatest thing ever. And we were talking to everybody. We were talking to Hollywood companies. I spent a week in a room with Christopher Nolan and his wife and his brother, you know, um, talking about Inception because we were going to do Inception, the video game, using the Brink system for melding single player and multiplayer. It was amazing. Um, and uh, we spent a lot of time out at Disney uh, pitching the continuation of Marvel's Secret Wars. And um, so it was really exciting. And, and then Brink dropped. And, of course, it, it, it failed. But um, by then, we'd already signed with Disney to do Secret Wars. And I was very excited about that because Inception fell through, which was a whole other insane fiasco. But um, I, I was happy because I'm a lifelong Marvel kid. And the idea that we were going to make a game that was literally canon with the ongoing Marvel Comics universe. Because at this point, the cinematic universe hadn't really taken off yet. Um, you know, the Marvel guys are telling us, believe me, you, you won't believe what Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to destroy the industry. It's going to be so amazing. I'm like, Rocket Raccoon? Yeah, really? Yeah. Really? You're insane. And I, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get them in the expansion pack. It'll be <laughs> fine. Because, man, well, of course, we were wrong. Yeah, but we're wrong. Um, I, 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 Brink was a stumbling block, but I was so giddily high because I was getting to make... The, my, you know, my, my ultimate game, my masterpiece, everything I'd worked for. Every, I mean, I was working with Greg Pak, the comics writer of um, Planet Hulk and World War Hulk. What he, at the time, he was one, of, and he still is one of the hottest writers in the industry. We were going to tie in with you know, our storyline was going to affect the Marvel comics universe. Something I could touch that thing I've loved since I was a little kid. And then new executives came in at Disney and said, hey, you know how, you know how I can make a name for myself? By canceling this expensive game and saving us a lot of money. And saving millions of dollars. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so, boom, we were gone overnight. Like a click. Wow. Yeah. You got, you got snapped. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we literally got dusted. Got snapped. Wow. You got dusted. I've never even thought about that. Well, yes, you're right. There you I go. You're going to have that one for free. Yep. And um, at that point, I realized, okay, <laughs> I am done. I, yeah, I, I, that's a I, crusher. Recover from this. A lot of and these executives, they don't understand what they've done. Yeah, right. They like cut a cut a thing, and you're like, you cut my arm off, or more. You know, like my soul. Yes. Um. Yeah. Um. So I mean, Splash yeah. did okay. I stayed on long enough to help them sign with uh, uh, I guess Warner Brothers because they ended up doing the multiplayer for. I forget, Batman Arkham 2 or Arkham, I guess it must have been Arkham 3. Um, you know, working with Rocksteady, because Rocksteady was in London, we were in London. So I, 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 I got that off the ground and said, okay, and I'm done. I'm out. I can't. Um, my heart is broken, and I, I can't do it anymore. And so that's why I retired in, I guess it must have been 2012. Uh, because at that point, I mean, what, we are, what our plan was, um, there are cheap places you can live. We were basically going to go and find a place in Wales. Um, you know, which is, just, yeah. you know, it, it's first world living um, with like third world cost of living. Uh, you know, we'd have to put up with a lot of rain, but hey, we lived in Seattle for years. We'd be fine with that. And that was our plan. And um, Eugene was really nervous about it, but we figured, you know, we've, because I mean, you worked in the video game industry. I'm sure you had plenty of coworkers who had their Ferraris and had their Humvees. Yeah. Any success we ever had just went right back into savings. Um, you know, Jen was an incredible financial manager and she felt that at, I think I was 46, 45 or 46, we could make a go of it. If we move out to a place where the cost of living is very, very low and 
we keep our we we continue to live the cheap and meager spendthrift existence that we currently lived because the numbers added up. She was scared, but she said, "Okay, I know how tired you are because she knew how tired I was and how heartbroken I was. Let's give it a try." Her fear was me being home all day, puttering around, driving her nuts. Um, because she had been home by herself working on glass. And prior to that, graphic design, she thought it might tear us apart. Um, but another thing that pulled me out, that made it hard for me to continue going, was I had, by that point, discovered Pandemic and Agricola and everything else. I was actually bringing a lot of board game designs into that Secret Wars game, actually. I was so inspired by trying to bridge the gap. Um, and that was really cool. So, so you found the board games before you retired. Yes, yes. And it was one of the things that kind of made me realize, okay, I just, I, I, I officially have no passion for this anymore. I mean, ever since I was four years old in the, in the early 70s, um, in 72, 73, and I realized I could beat my dad at playing Pong. This is something I'm better at than my father, who is a god to me. And I figured I'd play video games for the rest of my life. And I did up until I met Matt Leacock um, in plastic form until his game fell into my lap and it changed everything. And you, again, you changed everything because that could have been a, that could have been an aberrant and I could have just, Oh, that was an interesting experiment. Let's go back to playing co-op games on the PS3. We could have done that, but Mm. board game geek was there for me and helped me through. Um, Where was I going with this? Oh yeah. So that was our plan. And like I said, we'd have to be spendthrifty. The only thing I was not spendthrifty about at the time I retired was I was paying three or $4,000 or pounds a year on board games by that point. I was wow. in deep. I was totally hooked, and Oops. I did not want to stop that. And Jen says, yeah, you're going to have to stop that. You're just going to have to make do with these 50 games. That's going to have to be good enough. Right. And quite frankly, it should have been. But I'm like, no. Most people. Yeah. You know what? Tom Vassell, they send him games. All he does is get on camera and talk about them. Maybe if I do that, they'll send me games. I was totally mercenary. And I just, okay, I want to retire but I still want to have all the games. And that's why I started doing it. And then next thing you know, three months later, I got a job offer and we to go to Malta. And we okay, we can't. If somebody gives you a, pays you to go move and live in Malta in the middle of the, uh, of the Mediterranean Sea, how can you say no to that? So we did that. That exploded spectacularly. So you were unretired to move there. And I unretired the to move there. Um, was on that project for nine months and uh, had an acrimonious leaving and then we realized, you know how we were going to move to Wales? It's even cheaper living here. If, 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 you, if you want to go live somewhere cheap in the world, and if you have an EU passport, which with Brexit, I might not for much longer. But um, if you have an EU passport, if you, live in, if you live far away from the tourist areas of Malta, that's one of the cheapest places in the world to live. And again, first world accommodations. You won't lack for anything. But I mean, you've probably seen video of that apartment we lived at, literally yeah. right across from yeah, the right ocean. across the from the from the sea. That yeah. was I forget. That was like five hundred euros a month rent. Okay, it was it was insane. Was it a one bedroom, was. two bedroom? It was a two bedroom. Yeah, a okay. two bedroom. And what was That's unique about it was a big backyard, which is unheard of. The Maltese do not have yards. That's not normally a thing. But we had a yard, so Jen could have her chickens. Um, and uh, and we realized, oh well, hey, that thing we're going to do in Wales, we can do it here. Let's just stay. And um, and yeah, you can go back, because I, I was doing Rado, but then I, I, I was kind of doing it, but only on the weekends, and I sort of stopped. But then I'm like, hey, let's just keep doing it, because that was kind of fun. I could keep doing that. And Jen could work at home and make glass. Let's make a go of this. And that's where this really started. 
So I never really retired. That's what I was, I was going to say, what was your plans during your retirement? Were you going to like, did you have plans or you were just like, well, I'll just, whatever. You, I, you're like, what am I going to learn carpentry or like, you know, woodworking no. or See, anything like that? This is what I was talking about earlier. I do not get any self-satisfaction by setting a goal for myself and then achieving it and saying, look upon my works. Do I not have worth as a human being? I was born to be rich. It drives me nuts how terrible some rich people are at being rich. I would just rock it um, because I would not feel compelled. I mean, I, I, obviously, I would give a lot away and I would uh, d- and do charitable works, but I wouldn't feel that, oh, I have to keep pushing and get richer because how do I define my worth if I can't double and triple and quadruple? It's like, if, look, if I got enough, I'm happy just couch potatoing for the rest of my life. When I was a little kid, of course, all little kids get asked by every adult they meet, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my answer was always, oh, I want to be rich. And everybody, oh, he's making it with his name. And he's like, no, I want to be rich. I recognize this now. I don't want to work. Um, I don't feel like I need to work. I believe it is spiritual. I'm, I'm a total atheist, but I believe it is spiritually fulfilling for me. I can't speak for anybody else to basically enjoy life through entertainment. And as long as there are other people who are willing to entertain me um, in the form of movies and TV shows and board games and, and, and books and everything else, I will happily live out the rest of my days. I am not driven to, um, to, to push myself. I started doing Rotto Runs Through for mercenary reasons because I didn't want to give up my creature comforts. I continued doing it when I realized, oh, um, things are happening with my mom and other stuff. And I don't want to go back to working in the video game industry. Let's start actually trying to make some money out of this. Um, and and it, and it just morphed into where I am right now. I, I just bass awkwardly stumbled into this the exact same way I stumbled into being a video game designer. Because I was doing it at a time when it wasn't a thing that people did. So I was just slightly ahead of the curve and I got a little lucky. I, I can't imagine I would stand out now. If I were starting now, Yeah, if you started today, would you be... I don't know. I don't noticed? know. I'd like to think so, because I still think, like I said earlier, I produce something that is very, very unique. There are other channels that emulate. I mean, Tom Heath, Slicker Drips. If you like my channel, everybody should go check out Tom Heath, Slicker Drips. Yep. Because, I mean, he t- when he started out, he contacted me and said, hey, can I ape your style? And I said, sure. I would like people to ape my style, because then I'd have stuff I would like to watch, because I like my style. And so he does. He does a great job. In a lot of ways, he is a more professional, polished guy, a presenter than me. Um, But I don't think he has the same energy uh, as me. You know, he's not quite as he's, you know, he's charming and affable, but he's not. I, I have a bit of manic to me, or I should say I have a bit of manic to my persona that he does not have. And I mm. think that just gives That's me a little bit to... of electricity. It, you know, you watch a, one of my run throughs. And it's true, but you feel like anything could happen at any time because I don't stack my decks. I do. I am experiencing this game at the same time you are. I think that helps bring people in. So maybe I would stand out. I'd certainly be louder than anybody else. Um, so I don't know, though. Hmm. Um, what do okay. you think? I know you like my show and you watch a lot of shows. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's real hard to get noticed now. I just, yeah. I, I mean, I see people, real good people, not. Sharp nothing, people, nothing like people who know less what they're doing. Nothing. Yes. Um, and maybe this is not the way forward for that. 
maybe we need something different in the world of YouTube and Twitch and all that stuff, right? I mean, maybe maybe the the perfect medium has not been invented yet. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, there can only be, I mean, I hate to equate myself to a Brad Pitt, but maybe many, many only... people go to Hollywood and their dreams are broken because there's only a few slots that come up. And, you know, it's hard work and it's determination. And I think it's luck. I think in every case, it's luck as well. A healthy dollop of it. Mm. And that's not fair, but it's the I, way it is. I had a question. At least right until now. we get post-scarcity. That's what I was trying to remember. Post-scarcity. When we get to our post-scarcity future. Because here's the deal. In 500 years from now, the only all our economy will be based on thumbs. That will mm. be your contribution to a world economy is as a professional consumer of content. Because there will always be people who are driven to make content. That will never go away. There are just some people who are wired to need to do that. And I worked with many people. Uh, you know, uh, Dean Carter is the uh, ultimate example of somebody who needs Justin Langang, so many of my fellow designers. They will die if they are not creating and presenting. And, you know, and, uh, but that was, that was never me. I always considered myself, hey, I like working with you, and can I support you and solve your problems? Because you're such a big picture creative genius. I'm just pretty good at trying to figure out how to make tab A fit into slot B with the memory restraints that the jerk programmers put (laughs) under us, while still not pissing off the artists because they don't get to push as many polys as they'd like to. Um, You know, that, that, that was always my job. And just make sure everybody's happy. Everybody knows what we're doing. Um, and I was always happy to get one of those creative geniuses to have that spark because I don't necessarily have that. I, I signed up with Isaac Childress to do a uh, level for Frosthaven. And I think, oh, that'll be kind of fun. And I realized, oh, wait, I forgot. I always needed a design partner to have that, that spark of genius, inspiration, creativity that I never had. Oh, no, I don't have one. <laughs> I'm sure you can find somebody to help you. I, I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, I'm talking yeah. with uh, Paul Grogan, actually. We might oh, do because yeah. we, we're both on it, so we might have a one-two, uh, right, part right, one, right. Part some kind of kind of. Back yeah, I just need more. somebody. I can't. Do yeah, it yeah, I, totally. Yeah, it's hard to work in a vacuum. For me personally, it's hard to work in a vacuum. Yeah, like I need something to drive it. Um, did that answer I, your question? Whatever it was. Well, I was going to ask you, like, what was your plans for retirement? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And so, I guess so, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my plan was. Nothing. Here's uh, my, my plan. Uh, consume, enter- consume entertainment. Yeah. My, my plan was to pursue entertainment. For most of my life, until I started working in video games, I was the most voracious reader anybody knew. In college, I wanted to read every new novel that came out when it was still in hardback and I couldn't afford it because I was in college and I didn't want to wait six months on the waiting list at the Seattle Public Library to get it. So I would rent books. And read them as fast as I could because there was a bookstore in the university district in Seattle that literally rented books by the week um, because it was a different time. And, uh, you know, my my whole childhood growing up, uh, my brother and I, we were uh, homeschooled for a large part of it before I went to high school and got roped into that uh, play that I talked about earlier. And uh, my, my parents were always so worried that I was missing my entire childhood because my I was always nose stuck in a book, just like Belle. Uh, from uh, Beauty and the Beast. And it was weird. I mean, at, at 10, 11, 12, we were living on a boat in the middle of nowhere. And the only things I had to read, because that's all I did was read obsessively, uh, because my parents would only give me two hours of TV a day. And those two hours, Star Trek, the original series, and Kung Fu. 
That is what I chose for my two hours every day. Um, but I would just read and read and read. And it was just my parents' books. So I was reading Catch-22 and the complete works of Steinbeck at that time um, because that was all I had. And it kind of defined me. And I have not read a novel in years and years and years and years. And so I thought, oh, I'll finally stop running and I can just get back to reading. Because Jen is a voracious reader. She's, I, she's almost as much as I used to be. And I, and I am envious of her. But then I took this side thing. And I do read a lot. But it's all your site and rule books now. <laughs> So that was my goal. My goal was just to ride off into the sunset and read books, watch TV, and just enjoy my time on this planet with my wife, my favorite person in the world. And I, and you know, and seriously, one of the reasons I thought this would work is because by that point, I was very confident about the the glue that board games provided for us in our lives because they they are so important to us. Mm. To get back on topic of why we're yeah, here, yeah. Yeah, anybody's yeah. no, I see that. Do you think you'll do that? Do you forever? sense do you sense a feeling of doing that? Yeah, forever. Do you feel like you would ever do that? Like I could do it. I you know? I am confident that um as long as people I mean, and we're living through such a golden age of TV right now. Oh my gosh. I wish I could watch all the shows I want to watch. Although recently, man, I have just gone so far down the rabbit hole. I'm falling farther and farther behind on all the amazing shows I want to watch because I'm spending so much time watching Doing so that. much amazing content on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the the, the guy who does the trailers where Barely an Inconvenience. I can't think barely of Barely Inconvenience. Not a problem. Yeah. You know, no problem. Not a barely problem. An inconvenience. Not a problem. Barely Inconvenience. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Well, you're going to have to get all the way off of my back on that. You know, I, I, there's so much <laughs> yeah, amazing he's, stuff. he's wonderful. He's incredible. He's wonderful. And I, I hate bitchy, complaining, just persnickety, ripping movies apart and not enjoying them for what they are. I hate the, uh, what is it, the 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 Sins video? The, Sins, the, the videos that count how many Sins. sins. Yeah. yeah, I hate those. But I love him because he's just yeah. so hilarious. No, he's good at perfect. it. He's real good at it. What's he found name? it. Ryan George. Yeah. Is that right? I don't know. Yeah. I should oh, know because I watched so much of it. I know. And I mean, that, and there's that, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah. Um, there's so much to watch. I, 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 there's no way in the time I have left on this world, I could come close to watching every show, watching every YouTube, reading every book, playing every game, seeing every movie um, that I want to. I will not get it all done in time, but I'll try. <laughs> the, only, the only wrinkle to that is Jen because she's my partner in life and I have to make sure this works for her. And slowly, I mean, she has changed me over the years and I'm changing her over the years too. And I think it's funny when we went to Malta, she thought, oh, this is going to be, it's going to be such relaxed, laid back living. I can finally let go. I can allow myself, I give myself permission to let go on the constant drive. And she didn't, she, she just never stops pushing herself. Um, She's selling the glass at the shows. I mean, yes, yes. And doing very well. I've seen the crowds. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, and and for her, that's the thing. It's sure, yes, the the income is fantastic, but for her, it's the validation. It makes her feel like yes, what I'm doing matters, and and it's just so that's ingrained in all that, of us. Yeah, it, that, it that doesn't it have is. to be the only thing that matters. It, it drives me too. Yeah, I'm sure you're a human being that grew yeah. up in this society that drilled that into your head. I don't know why it didn't get drilled into my head that I never had any ambition. I was going to ask you. Um... We have, we're about 10 minutes off, off our time or I mean, we're okay. 10 minutes from finishing. So I'll just, I have the, I have the other stupid question. 
And yes. I want to ask you a personal question. Are you a clean person or messy? I am actually, well, uh, everyone's complicated. I'm actually uh-huh. fairly fastidious. I, my desk, every desk I ever had at every job I had was spotless. Um, my desktop, if I were to share my desktop, there's no like, icons. Six, yeah, there's six icons from the top left down and that's it. And the rest is just totally empty. Um, so yeah, I am, I'm very orderly, I think. Uh, although if, I, I'm sure a lot of people would be mortified if I open these boxes because I don't know, maybe it's some kind of a guilty pleasure that yeah. I love nothing more than to say, oh, all those cubes, let's just pour them all into a pile right there. Don't separate the cubes. Let them intermingle. Let, okay. them, let, them, let them mix and match. I'm a separator. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, for Dagger. the most part, I, I have a little OCD. I keep, I've been doing this for two hours now. Just constantly readjusting these little stacks of cards. Right, you've been straightening them for the. You'll never get them perfectly straight. I know, I know. I, I just can't stop myself. So, I, um, that said, um, you want a dirty secret? I take a shower once a week. Really, and and that has been the case ever since. That's this was still. This was when I was still at Lionhead, and I watched some BBC documentary about how bad it is for us to take showers and use chemical soaps and wash our hair, um, and. Uh, if we stop, there's an adjustment period where, oh, you're kind of funky to be around. But eventually, when you get back into the natural rhythm that we literally evolved from apes to do, um, I mean, people people hang out with me and they don't tell me I stink. Maybe they're being polite, but I think I'm doing okay. I never wash my hair. Uh, when I when I do take a shower once a week, the main reason that makes me take a shower is because, oh, this is getting a little long. I need to shave. Okay, time to take a shower. Um and uh, yeah, so I basically go all natural. I use a 100% natural deodorant because I don't want any aluminum clogging up my pores because of all the probably sketchy. It's probably fine, but still, why take the chance? I can go for these, you know, all natural ones um, that are mostly n- not antiperspirant. Yeah, I'll perspire all day long. The deodorant will take care of it. And uh, yeah, it, it, it works fine. Jen doesn't have a problem with it. And uh, I am much happier for it. And I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time imagining literally taking a shower every single morning, seven days a week. Why did I do that all my life? All the water I wasted. My God. Do you, um, do you wear cologne? No. Okay. What, did you ever wear cologne? No, never. I've never been that guy. Anytime anybody has ever met me and said, oh, I'm going to call you Rick. Like, no, you are not. I am Rick, not, you're not Rick. Rick. You're not Rick. Rick did, did anybody ever call you Dick? Did anybody ever call you Dick? My dad uh, was Dick, and um, you know people do it jokingly, but no. I mean, I think most people realize that's not fun. Nobody. My stepfather was Dick. was Dick. Yeah, his name oh, really? was obviously. Yeah, he he wouldn't go by Richard. Wow. I don't think I ever heard anybody call him Richard. Yep. Now, um, my family, all growing up, always called me Raw because my initial I'm Richard Allen Ham. My initials are R A H. Raw. So my whole family has always called me Raw my whole life. Um, I guess friends in high school, cause I didn't really have any friends until then they called me Richard, I guess. No, a lot of people called me rich, but yeah, I, I always just felt self-conscious. If anybody calls me Rick, that's just like, Oh, that gives me bad shivers. That doesn't feel right. That doesn't sit well. Were you a good student? I was a very good student. Um, no, I was a terrible student. I was an insanely <laughs> lazy. lazy student. I Got did enough. not live up to my potential. I was solid, nonstop, low A's, high B's. And I did that with zero work. I remember um, my Algebra 1, Algebra 2 trigonometry uh, teacher. He did a pretty good job explaining 
And if I just even half paid attention in class, I could retain enough of it that I didn't have to bother. I, and I'd retain it long enough to be able to take the test in, in a month or whatever. And But we had homework assignments. And, and his teacher assistant knew that I didn't take it seriously because I just literally did gobbledygook because it didn't, it, for some reason he was very laissez-faire and it didn't affect our grade. The only thing that affected our grade was our uh, actual test results. And I could do the test just remembering what he said in class. So I just doodled on my assignments in English class and honors English because I could get into all, into all the honors programs. But when we had to do uh, memorize a poem, um, I would just say, okay, I want to be last. I, I got myself last on the list for the class. And while everybody else was up there that they'd spent the previous night memorizing, I was just like this. Yeah, look, wasn't brilliant for the Mudville 9 that day. The score for 4 for 2 without an five. And just saying it over and over so I could just remember it long enough to get up and say it and then immediately forget it. Oh. Everything I did was the absolute minimum amount of work that I could do and get away. And because I was clever, I was able to be a pretty much straight A student. And my mom kept warning me over and over and over again, that will not work in college. You are going to be in for a rude awakening. And she was right. It, I did not get along. I, I was, I, I, I didn't flunk out of college, but man, I just so resented. I am paying you so much money. How dare you give me a C? Don't you know I half-assedly typed this up last night? Come on, man. I did my part. And I paid you your $1,000 tuition. Yeah, yeah. And, and, when it was, was, when it was, it was actually $1,000. Yeah, yeah. When it was really like 500 bucks a quarter. Yeah, yeah I know. But yeah, when, when it was only uh, partial, only a tiny bit insane. Uh, man, yeah. I, when I first moved to England and I heard people saying, talking about their university debt, yeah, I still got $3,000 to pay off. Shut up, you. You do not. Oh, man. I don't crazy. know. Yep, they do not know. And today, um, it's so insane. Uh, running. I, thank you, everybody in the chat for watching. I'll do one more question, which is basically just a board game question. I'll, well, I'll, tone, it, I'll, I'll tone it down a little. I'll tone it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what are you looking forward to? I, well, what are, your, what are you thinking about these conventions now? Like, I know you weren't like a huge convention goer, but you were a convention goer. Um, what do you think? What's going to happen here? Do you have a prediction of how... I think a future prediction. Well, I don't want to bring anybody down, but the reality yeah. is, I mean, it, I mean, the writing's on the wall for what we're going to continue doing. And it means a lot of people are going to die just like they do in every pandemic. And there will be a huge depression as a result. And you know what? Today, the uh, Spanish flu doesn't really affect yours and my life. You know, we, you know, as a society, we yeah. will get over it. And um, a lot of people will be just fine and we'll pick up the pieces and keep moving. I wish we'd be smarter. I wish every time I go out of the house to go get some, pick up some food for mom or whatever, cause I don't go out unless I have to. I wish everybody I saw was wearing masks, but probably only one in five, if, if, if that are wearing masks and they just refuse. And it's like, it, it's nothing to you to do this. Anybody watching, it's nothing to do. I know it feels silly. I know you feel dumb. Just think to yourself, oh, I'm so much better than all of you. You're the stupid ones. Just remind yourself because they're the ones who are putting your risk at life while you're actually trying to save them. Wear a mask. But it doesn't matter because from the top on down, it has become a culture war thing that um, you don't support Trump if you wear a mask. So, I mean, I, I live in a relatively conservative section of Washington state, which is a very liberal state. Um and uh, yeah, so I mean that's just gonna be the reality of it. You could l run BGG Con this November. You totally could, 
and you wouldn't do as well as you did last year, the year before, it'd probably be something more like whatever you were doing six or seven years ago, but you get plenty of people showing up. And because you did that, some people would die who might live otherwise, which is why you're not going to do it because I know you. Um, but a year from next month, the, uh, you know, the people who didn't die will still want to go. And, and, you know, we will by hook or by crook, unfortunately, the hard way reach herd immunity. We could have done it the smart way, but you know, nobody ever accused us of being smart. <laughs> I hate awesome. to say some people that's a good one to end on. Well, I'm not gonna end on that. Okay, yes. Yeah, I mean, good. I got one more. I got uh give me three games you're looking forward to. I know you got a list. Oh uh, yeah, I do. Hold on, let me grab it. Yeah, sure, um, grab it. And thank you again, everybody, for watching. I hope you've um enjoyed us on what talking. I've enjoyed I mean, it. I mean, this I'm sure this is not what they expected. I hope not. Yeah, well, I told you it was gonna be a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. No, and this was fantastic. Thanks. I, I, actually, I posted on the social medias. I'm going to get some hard-hitting questions. I don't know what that means. Uh, I, I probably could have come up with some harder ones, but no, this was. I fun. think these were fun. I think they were. They were more, most interesting to me. Yeah, they, 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 um, they weren't gotcha questions. They were just no. I don't gotcha. Uh, who wants to play? Who wants to do that? You'd never talk to me again. <laughs> no, no, no. It, I would have been fun with that. But that's, that's kind of what I was expecting. Oh, um, let's see. I need to I'm, sort by. All right. What am I excited about? Well, of course, it's not in your database yet, but ha- have they not yet officially announced that we'll get uh, Pandemic 3 this year? Uh, I guess it's not been officially announced. So it's still just whispers? If yeah, so, I will but it's common. It list. It's common, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It has to be this year. It has to be this year. So, But I'll leave that off the list because it doesn't exist yet. Um, if it's not on Borging Beak, it don't exist as far as I'm concerned. I am very excited about... The return of Project Elite. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I never got to play it. I never got to play it. The triumphant return of Project Elite. I'm very excited about that. And uh, in large part because, oh, man, that was such a sad and, for all, in board game terms, tragic story, The uh, what happened with the development. Oh, Did you just I don't, I don't, me a kiss? No, it's, I blew my wife a kiss. <laughs> How <laughs> she, dare you? She brought me a, key, a, a new uh, iced tea. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that, that was that was a troubled production. Uh, you know, we were talking about our heartbreaking experiences in the video game industry. Yeah, Project Elite was just as heartbreaking for our Tipia games for Constantine. Oh, I okay. mean, he put everything into that game, and everything blew up in his face. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can't even imagine the hardship and the heartache that went through. So it's so wonderful. I Gosh, was just that, happy. Is that documented the- anywhere? Hmm? The, 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 is that story documented anywhere? Is that just sort of no, like inside no, no, talk? No, no. Um, I, I shouldn't say really anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I, okay. Let's just say it went wrong about it. Um, I, I don't think, I, I, I think he's done some very oblique public comments because you know, it, it had all the problems with the miniatures. Yeah. You know, the miniatures, which were promised to be amazing, ended up all looked like melted ice cream basically. Right. And it was hard to get. And there were all kinds of fulfillment problems and, yeah, and it kind of broke him. And I remember him swearing, "This no one will ever play this game. I want this game buried and dead. I want it out of my life because it hurts so much. Mm. And it took years before he would entertain the idea of, of well, may, maybe, maybe. And, and it was so heartbreaking because it was so personal and important to him. So I'm so glad that Kaman found a way and it's coming. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, I am very excited about Tom Lehman's Dice Realms. Yes, very good. Thing. That's cool. That looked, that looked great. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I'll just cheat and say we're getting a year of Feld this year. So I'll just I'll lump I all know. the Feldy Feld stuff together. How about that? All the 19 million city games. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yep, <laughs> Which yep. is cool. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I yeah. know a little bit that I'm not allowed to say about it, oh, but I'm very excited you can about tell that. Me hey, after. Not just that. I mean, was it um, Tuscany and Bonfire? So we're yeah. getting two fully new games from him, and then yeah. on top of that, we're getting this some, new series. Yeah, and it's some games that are I, maybe hard, have been hard to get in the past. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, one can maybe. Only I don't know. Yeah, we can only some. I'll leave. Well, it was I'll sort of dropping hints to Feld. He has actually been dropping hits on BGG, okay. and he never posts. So that means you know he's excited. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I so met I, him I, at I Gen Con last year. More, but I'll, I, I will, or I'll stop right there. Uh, we'll we'll call it at that. Okay. I think we're, I mean we probably could go for like another half an hour talking about games, but we'll we'll save that for another time. Okay. We'll do a game a game interview at some point. All right. <laughs> so. Um, Wow, so many uh, great people in chat. Thank you all for sticking with us and watching. Um, I haven't even looked. Oh yeah, there's pretty good. There's pretty good list. Oh there. no, and this is on Twitch, so I won't be able to see them later, will I? Because no. Twitch. Oh, the ch- no, no, but you can replay. You can do a replay. Can you? Yeah, it'll okay. be here for at least um. A, how how long will it be here, Trash? Trash Ramen knows my the systems. I think it's like a month. It'll be here. Okay, the, the, the actual month. chat transcribed notes. Yep. It'll, so honest. if you if you watch the the video again and play it and they have fast forward they have high yes, speed yes. The, yep, yep. the the comments will scroll with the video cool yeah actually I admit um every week you know I do that show with Tom Vassell corner to yeah. corner and he's running the show I'm not really right. paying that much attention to the chat right. after it's done I always go back and I watch it at three x speed with the sound off just so I can see what everybody said so I would ah. love to see as I, I'm sure there's a lot of really good observations I always find that to be the case so whoever showed up thank you one month. Yeah, thanks everybody for watching. Thank you, Richard, for giving me your time. I sorry I screwed up the time zones. Oh no, no, no. It uh, out but it looks like it's worked out. And uh, yeah, and you I have won't... found a new calling. You did a great job. Those were fantastic. I know you felt ah. silly about them, but those were great questions. Ah, thank those you. Those were the best interview questions I've had in years. Ah, appreciate that. And I'm serious. I'm not hyperbole. That, that okay, was okay. that was well, a maybe real maybe you never know. I might start up a new series. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's always the well, what games are? What are your favorite games? And this and that and the other. I mean. And that's and, fine. I don't mind answering all those questions, but no, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you made me I, think. And I think I honestly, like, that's why I, I stopped interviewing from years back because oh, we always right. had you the same on your podcast in 2005, interview show. Right. 2005, but we always had the same questions. So it was like, eh, boring. You got to think of different one. questions. Cool. I huh? hope not this one. I, I hope not this one. For me anyway. The audience, I couldn't say. Yeah. You never know. I, I was entertained. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about me. Exactly. <laughs> All right, everybody. Um, hope you're having fun at the virtual game con and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. I think we're doing a game night at 7 p.m. Central. I'm pretty sure we're doing a game night at 7 p.m. Central. <laughs> the timing is all weird. This virtual gaming in, in the world with a, with a global time zone stuff is hard. But it's a brand sure new world seven. you have introduced us to. Well That's done. That's true. Sir. Thanks. All right. See you, everybody. Bye. Bye.